of all the sounds you'll hear this summer. This might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. ProRisuShop.com, your only source for authentic ProRisu merch straight from Japan. Translation extraordinaire Yatsumi has helped more than 300 fans all across the world purchase authentic merchandise, and now he's bringing that savings to you. With over 300 items to choose from, ProRisuShop.com has the largest selection of New Japan and ProRisu merchandise you can't get anywhere else. Shirts, belts, trading cards, DVDs, and more from the biggest stars of Japan, like Tanahashi, Okada, Nakamura, and of course, the Bullet Club. Get them all for the same price you would pay in Japan, with worldwide shipping starting at only $6.99. For the very best in ProRisu merchandise across the world, the choice is clear. ProRisuShop.com that's P-U-R-O-R-E-S-U shop.com. ProRisuShop.com. Wrestling Podcast. I'm Rich Crouch alongside, as always, Mr. Joe Landon. Joe, how are you? I'm tremendous. I'm ready to go. Uh, we're going to do the uh, Observer Awards, which it's pretty crazy to think that the the first show we ever did was the an Observer Awards show. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. For 2011. And this... Yeah, that's, if, if, that's old. It, feel, it feels like we've been doing the show for like six months, but this this will now be the Observer Awards show for the year 2014. So that's pretty crazy that this is the fourth Observer Awards show that we'll be doing. It definitely doesn't feel like that. It really doesn't. What the hell do we talk about in the other? The, like, I don't even remember. I don't even remember that show, let alone like, I know one of them we went like six hours. I think we had to split it into two. No, you know what happened? Um, the, what year was that? Oh, no. Didn't we have a bunch of issues? No, no. What happened was the uh, 2012, the year, we, the year we did the 2012 awards. Um, we went the ungodly length of two hours, Rich. 
So oh, was that? It was really only two hours. Yes. I, I remember being like, "Joe, this was ridiculous. Like, I need to take a break. Yeah, like, so I must stop. Like, this is too much for me to handle." Yeah, we went the ungodly length of two hours, so we had to stop <laughs> and do the the category B awards on a second show. That is right. Okay, right, because we went two hours, and I was like, "Oh, this is awful. We need to stop. Like, I can't breathe." And like talk and yeah well there you go we, we built up our stamina we are uh <laughs> well hopefully roman reigns can do the same at some point <laughs> but, but uh you know our, our our podcast cardio has been built up and uh two hours is like half a show now so uh for for people get mad for, people get upset when we have two <laughs> like, yeah people like I'm not, I'm not sure if they're joking or not like i think i i really honestly do think people are like legitimately kind of upset when we only do like they're, because I can't tell if they're being sarcastic because they're like, oh, it's only like 2.45. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, really? Like, that's here. Here's what it is. Some people genuinely get upset because they like the really long three and four hour shows. But I don't know how you listen to those people. But... They're sadists. But they're... and people have given us like things that they do. And I'm like, even then, like, there's like four people that are like, well, I work like overnight. or like my commute is like seven hours or whatever. But that doesn't explain the rest of you. What the hell are the rest well, of you doing? There's, and there's some people who they'll listen to it on their commute the whole week. In bits and pieces. Oh, that right. <laughs> that's like Alan. I think Alan usually like seven days after a show comes out, he's like, "Great show, guys!" And I'm like, yeah, right, "Once like, he's heard I the understand. whole thing, yeah." yeah but that, right, right, right. But, there, but I, I, there are also people who definitely don't listen anymore because they're just too fucking long. Um, but but the but look, no matter what you do, you're never gonna make everybody happy. So you just have to do what you do and right. let the chips fall. You know what I mean? So our, our listener numbers indicate that we're doing okay. Uh, yeah, so. I mean, you know, but I, but I totally get it. The, the, you know the people who have said that these shows are too fucking long because they're way too long i mean i agree i don't want them to be there's long. no question that they're way too long but I, I mean you know what do you do i mean we try to talk about everything you know and, and then then what happens is and then we still run out of time and we can't get the right. shit which is which is crazy i i don't know how it happens but um you know what needs to happen is uh someone needs to pay us a lot of money so we could just quit whatever else that we do with our lives. Yeah, we'll do it full time. I'll do I'll do three hour shows every then, day. I'll do six hours every yeah, day. Yeah, and then do a, a show every day. You know. So yeah. if if someone wants to step up to the plate, investor A, yes, please. Investor A <laughs> wants to step up to the plate and put us on their podcast network or whatever and pay I would I would do it for seventy five percent of what I make now. I would make that sacrifice. Well you make hundred and fifty thousand now, right? Uh, stop. I would make that. How much do you make right now? Yeah, no, I don't. I would. I would make that sacrifice and cut out twenty five percent of my budget. Let me see. Because Hold if, on, I could, me, if I could, if I could, let me do my math here real quick. I don't know if that would. If I could talk I about, I could if I could talk that, about but... wrestling for a living, <laughs> I'd be willing to cut out twenty five percent of. I think that that's would true because I'd, I'd make more money on doing a bunch more articles and stuff, and I'd, I'd, I'd whore myself out. I'd be on Bleacher Report and all that garbage. I don't well, care. Here's the thing, um, too, Rich. You could always get like, uh, you'd have tons of free time to get like a part time job to make up the other twenty five percent. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing the math right now to see. Uh, ooh. Um, well, do the math and then figure out <laughs> how much you'd have to make with a part-time job. Okay. To make up the remaining twenty-five percent. Okay. No. Yeah, you're good. Oh, we're good. Yeah. Like okay, you, go, you can go like deliver pizza or something. Right. When we're done recording. Uber. I'll do Uber. Do you know what? Do Do you yeah, guys have Uber, Uber by you? Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, I love driving. So. And then you, you you make up the 25% and you're good to go and, and, and yeah. there you go. You know what I mean? So I'm like small talk. I'll talk wrestling with those people, get, generate more listens and we're good. Like your limo driver on New Year's Eve who right. who claimed to be Kato of the Orient. Yes, okay. I, I don't know if anybody followed that, but we're going to get to the Observer Awards. By the way, this is why they go fucking forever. Um 
I don't, I don't know if you, I, I mentioned it on Twitter as we were doing this. So we, my, my buddy has always said, like, he's got this guy who lives down the block from him that's a limo driver. And he says, I swear to God, this guy looks like he's an ex-wrestler. He looks like some Samoan guy or whatever. He turned out not to be Samoan at all. My friend's not the smartest uh, or sharpest tool in the shed. But uh, he, he was basically like, no, he looks like a wrestler. Because the guy, he said he was, like, real built. And he says, brother. And when he told me he said brother, I said, ah, he's probably, I mean, he's got some wrestling connection. Because, like, nobody other, nobody else but wrestlers say brother at any point. Like, it, like he said, he says it in like every sentence is like, yeah, brother, like, okay, brother, like, I got it for you, brother. And like that, to me, that was like, okay, this guy probably has some connection to wrestling or whatever. So he, it turns out my friend got a limo for New Year's and was like, hey, do you guys want to go, you know, you know, ride in my limo or whatever? And I was like, yeah, well, why not? And, was, and he says, okay, you know, this guy picks me up. I'm going to ask him. And I was like, please ask him, you know, what, if he's a wrestler, who was he, where did he wrestle, all this sort of stuff. I was like, I'm an idiot. I can figure it out. If I can't, I can find, I have, I have an army of people that can find it out for me or whatever. So then he says, he, he texts me back and says, oh, he says he was a member of the Orient Express. And I go, oh, Pat Tanaka. I mean, I thought he was talking about Pat Tanaka because Pat Tanaka is a pretty big dude. And he, I, and he, could pa- he, he could pass for Samoan. Exactly right. So I was like, oh, it's probably Pat Tanaka or whatever. And he goes, no, 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 it's not. He goes, no, it's not Tanaka, the Indian guy. And I went, no, 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 there's, there's two. As I said, this guy watches, but he, I don't know if he remembered the two. So anyway, he goes, no, 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 it's, it's one of the guys from Orient Express. I'm like, yeah, Pat Tanaka is a guy in Orient Express. It's not the same as the Indian dude or whatever. So then he goes, I said, no, you got to ask more. You got to, that is not enough. That is not a sufficient answer for me to go on. So he goes, okay, I'll ask him again. Then he comes back and goes, he was Cato. And I said, holy shit, our limo driver's Paul Diamond. And he goes, yeah, I guess. And I said, okay, well, you got to ask him, is he Paul Diamond? Like, that's pretty cool then. I, I need to know that. Like, and then I'm looking up on Wikipedia and it's like Paul Diamond lives in Alabama or something. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense, but okay, whatever. So then I say, is he Paul Diamond? He goes, no. And I said, well, no, he has to be Paul Diamond if he's Cato and Orient Express. And, and my buddy says, yeah, I, I don't know or whatever. So we get in the cab immediately. I, I, I make like generic small talk for a few minutes and then I'm, I'm ready to grill this guy. I go, okay. I, I said, oh, my friend Dan said that you're, um, you were Cato and Orient Express or whatever. And he goes, oh yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah. I was Cato, man. And I go, oh, but you're not Paul Diamond. And he goes, no, 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 not Paul Diamond, brother. And I said, well, wasn't Paul Diamond Cato? And he goes, nah, man, the mask. You can be anybody under the mask. Uh, so then I said, oh, okay. Like, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that's very plausible that, that that is true. Okay. So I said, well, where else did you wrestle? Ah, nowhere else. So I said, you only worked <laughs> for the WWF. Occasionally as Cato when Paul Diamond wasn't around. That's it. That's it. That was the extent of his career. Yes. And I said, oh. And then I said, okay. And then he went, yeah, no, 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 no. And then he started, he, he changed the subject. Yeah. So, so there's, so there's a limo driver running around the Chicago land area claiming to be Cato of the Orient Express of all things. I mean, you know, I, I, I can't imagine. All right. Now, why would you claim to be? No. And that's, that's, that's what I mean. That's why I kind of wanted to talk more to this guy. I went, okay, he can't be a, like something has to be true about something. Like, I don't know if like one time or something he had to fill in or I don't know what, cause why would you come up with Cato? And then he, he was telling a bunch of stories. Right? My, my friend Dan was loving it. He was like, oh, Mick Foley's an asshole, and this guy's gay, and that guy, da, da, da. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like, he was just being like, but why would you bring up Cato? Of all mass guys, like, he could have told me he was the Patriot. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I, of all mass guys, you go immediately to Cato of the Orient Express. Like, very, very bizarre. Uh, the fact that he claimed he didn't work anywhere else and under any other That's where I was just like, okay. It's like, it's, I was like, so the WF hired you blind to occasionally work as Cato. Yeah, on a major tag team. I was like, you, you didn't wrestle anywhere else? And he's like, no, no, no. And I was like, no, I'm like, I said, I'm a pretty big nerd. I, I'm, I'll am i probably know whatever company you work for or whatever. Oh, no, no, no. Just just here and there. WWF, man. That's all. And I went, OK. He, he, <laughs> okay. he was not. See, here's the here's the problem. See, he's able to pull this story off with people like your friend, Dan. 
Right, who was like, oh, it's Kato from Orient right, Express. But what he didn't <laughs> realize is, is he had a super nerd in the car now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's just licking his chops ready to eat him alive. And yeah. he sniffed you out pretty quickly and then tried to, he was continually trying to change the subject because right. he knew the jig was up at that point. Yeah, and then he was like, oh, did you, do you, how many shows do you go to? Do you go to shows that often? I was like, yeah, I go to shows all the time. And like, independent. And then, like, yeah, he just changed the subject so many times. And I was like, ah, whatever. I'll just let this guy go then. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you know. Because I think, I think the nurse was kind of like, she didn't want to. She, it was New Year's She's Eve. Like, please stop. She wants <laughs> to go stop. party. She doesn't want you arguing with fake Cato and, ru- right. and ruining the night. You know, you you could have easily pulled the listen, pal. I happen to be the co-host <laughs> of a podcast that dozens of people listen to, and I know for a fact that you are not the real deal. And, but but the nurse didn't want that kind of confrontation. She just wanted to go no. out. She wanted to drink, and she didn't want to deal with wrestling for one night of her stinking life. Is basically what right. it comes down to. <laughs> Exactly. So you had you had that you had to nip it in the butt and, and and cut that off. I look, I understand. The bottom line is, he, you knew he wasn't Paul Diamond right. or Cato. He knew he wasn't Paul Diamond or Cato, and he knew that you knew that he wasn't Paul Diamond or Cato. So you kind of you won that situation. You won that right. situation. You were the I, I won. Yeah, yes. you were the yeah. winner. It's like my new puppy is deciding to make this the absolute worst podcast ever. I won't explain what he's trying to do, but yes. Okay. Okay. Let's just say he's not neutered yet, but uh, in a few weeks he will be. So. Oh wow, that's. Uh, yes. Yes. So can we can we stop? That puppy is yes. that puppy enjoying your leg? I uh, perhaps yes. <laughs> so. Is his uh, little crayon making an appearance? Uh yes, the red rocket is present. Would you there's, please there's, stop? This is the first time he's done this, and of course it's right now. He, he, at no point at all did he decide to do this. In, until... There's interspecies sex going on on this podcast. <laughs> it's because you're not paying attention to him. I know, I know. He's not getting the proper attention, so he figures he's going to uh, molest your leg. I get it. Right, and that is what's... Would you please... Oh. And then I put him up here, and then he bit my uh, headphones, so I don't know what the hell to do. Yeah, well. He might be in a crate <laughs> in a few moments here if he doesn't stop, but... 2014 okay. uh, yes. Wrestling Observer Awards. <laughs> Thank you. I think we're done for now. Okay, yes, yes, let's go. So, um, you know, it's funny because you're, you, we're going over what we're going to talk about on this, on this, on this podcast, and you're, 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 you're giving me all these other topics, and I'm, I'm just sitting here shaking my head thinking, are you out of your mind? Because this topic is going to take uh you know the entire three to four hour allotment alone so i i don't know i think you're crazy if you think we're getting anything else <laughs> but um i guess we can try to go through them um as quickly as possible but that's just not our style and you know that's no, not going to no. work out so i think that the 1991 starcade breakdown uh the lethal lottery is going to be put off another week <laughs> it's gonna it's going on a full I'm gonna month have to rewatch that damn thing i don't remember yeah, yeah now, you, really... now you have to watch again but um this is how we do this though for the people who might not have heard the first three years that we uh did the observer awards we do not talk we, the observer awards do include uh mixed martial arts uh awards such as most outstanding fighter most valuable fighter so on and so forth we ignore that we don't talk about that this is a wrestling podcast this is not a mixed martial arts podcast so we skip those categories also there are some categories in the awards where you can vote for mixed martial arts uh choices along with wrestling choices we also ignore that as well so right. in situations with uh best major show where you you know you could vote for mma shows if you're so inclined or or best box office draw or or or, or um you know best on interviews where you can vote for either mixed martial artists or pro wrestlers we ignore the mma uh um 
selections completely. This is a strictly this is a pro wrestling podcast. So right. we only do pro wrestling selections and actually, right. Even if, even if they might be the best, you know, like the best, best up box office draw or best promoter. I mean, th- there are times when, when I, I mean, I, I always vote wrestling regardless of what, when I vote for these, but, but there are times when there is a relevant MMA guy, but yeah, if you're screaming at the top of your lungs, like, Oh, that's, it's obviously John Jones or whatever. We're, we, we, you know, we're not, not going to do it. We're, we're, we're wrestling pro, here. It's so. a pro wrestling podcast. We don't talk about MMA. I am an MMA fan. I follow MMA. I don't even vote for MMA with my actual ballot anymore because I think it's silly that it's all combined and I really think it should be separated. So right. uh, out of protest, I don't vote for any MMA. And I also cut a little promo on Dave with my email every year too, and tell him that he should separate the awards. He's obviously never going to do that, but um, you know, I, 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 I don't, I leave MMA out of the equation. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't, and, and we're definitely doing that here because that's what we do on this show. We don't talk MMA here. So, right. Um, so with that said, uh, I guess we'll just jump right in with category eight. Yeah. And, and real quick, if, for people that aren't aware, the, these are obviously done. The Wrestling Observer Awards done at the Wrestling Observer website. The voting, uh, by the time you, most of you guys listen to this, the voting is going to be up. It's for subscribers to the website uh, and, and similar to what we do. I mean, different people that, that, that follow wrestling and, and write about wrestling and do podcasts, all that sort of stuff. But mostly for a lot of us, it, it, it's for if you're a subscriber to the site, you vote in these awards. And, and, and that's basically it. it it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and yeah, it, it was, as we said, it was our first show ever. So we, we kind of, it's always kind of a, a tradition now to kind of go back there and, and, and do them. So yeah, that's uh, any, any other kind of caveats before we get into the, uh, the specifics? Nah, I think that pretty much covers it. I'm uh, ready to jump in. All right. So category A awards. And now the way these work, uh, these, these are the big ones. These are, these are a few that you'll see kind of talked about. We had them on the forums or whatever. We had a bunch of different discussions about these ones. Uh, these are different from uh, category B, which we'll get to in a little bit. These you pick a first, second, and third place uh, vote in each in each category, and then you know obviously it, it's it's generated from there. The, the who wins, you know, based off points. It's a five three two scale or whatever. We're just gonna do one through three. I, I think all of ours, and then we'll kind of uh, we're not gonna come to a consensus of who our you know number one is or whatever. And and or, or I mean we can do maybe predictions of who we think, but for the most part, yeah. So we're gonna do the first, second, third. We'll start off here with the Luthes Ric Flair Award, which is a an all encompassing award. It's 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 not necessarily just in ring, but it's also in ring business, you know, impact on the sport, all that sort of stuff in, in a single year. So uh, who are your top three for this year, Joe? It's basically the Luthes Ric Flair Yeah, it's basically Award. the wrestler of the year. And, right. and it takes everything into account, match quality, uh, business impact, everything, uh, promos. Um, so, I, you know, I went with Nakamura number one. I, I, I am pretty easily, actually. You know, he, yeah, I, that, that was an easy pick for me as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he drew all those saws for New Japan, had a good year in the ring, carried a bunch of stiffs uh, to a bunch of good matches. Uh, when you really think about the four bad luck Fale matches, um, you know, what are the four best bad luck folly matches of his career. <laughs> yeah. It's those four matches against Nakamura. Exactly, yeah. And easily they may end up being the four best matches of that guy's career. Um, the, you know, how he got watchable and in some cases very good matches out of that guy is a mystery to me. Uh, they always put Nakamura in, in they, they always give him the challenging, uh, it, when you compare Nakamura to Tanahashi, Nakamura always gets stuck with the bad luck Fale's, the Gracie's, um, uh, Kengo Mishima's, your Shelton Benjamin's. He always gets the yeah. challenging programs uh, against guy, and, and is expected to draw with some of these people in some cases. Which yeah, I mean, if you look at this year, I, 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 and it was kind of telling when I was going through, you know, for the for the yearbook or whatever, I'm looking at his year, and I went, man, he spent almost half the year fighting Gracies and fighting Bad Luck Folly, and we're still talking about an incredible year for him. And, like and, and in main event positions. 
Right, yeah. It wasn't like they were just the first match and they got five minutes or whatever. It was like, hey, you need, you know, we're, we're going to have you. I mean, you you are a headliner with Bad Luck Folly. And, that, and there's no help inconceivable. there. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. you know, believe me, Folly is not the one drawing anybody. You know, it's they're, they're paying to see Nakamura 100% completely in those situations. And then, and then he ends up delivering, too. I mean, when you think about this award, it's like it's kind of like uh, – you know, a lot of times when they, this will probably, it, someone like you probably drives you nuts being an analytical guy. But when you look at like the NBA, when, when it comes time to vote for the MVP, a lot of these writers, uh, you know, they ignore statistics and they think about, okay, whose year was it? Who defined this year in the NBA? Right. And I mean, you really, when you look at it from that perspective, this was Nakamura's year, you know, in, in pro wrestling. So uh, I thought he was pretty easily. Uh, my choice for number one. I I, I didn't really. I, I found it hard to even put anybody else in the to, to consider anyone else for number one. So uh, I went with Tomohiro Ishii number two, uh, mostly based on just the incredible year he had in the ring. And I went with AJ Styles number three. I thought AJ Styles popped a bunch of indie houses early in the year yeah. as a legitimate indie draw, and of course had sort of a I guess what a lot of people consider a comeback year in New Japan. We all knew he was capable of the output that we saw this year, but it just, you know, in TNA, you know, you just don't have an opportunity to show it. And he was someone who was, who was booked very poorly, even by TNA standards and wasn't given a chance to show what he can do. And, and, you know, he really had a, a sort of a comeback year. I hate to call it a break. Can't call it a breakout year. Cause he's had great years before. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's already been there. Everyone knew it, he was it's a great it's wrestler. absolutely a comeback. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone knew he was a great pro wrestler, so I can't call it a breakout year. I mean, you know, but uh, he, you know, so I went with him in, in my number three slot. It was interesting that for that number three, you know, I was trying to fit a WWE guy into the equation, but you just you can't this year. I, I don't see really an argument for anybody in WWE. Well, I actually, I put a guy there. I put number three, I put Daniel Bryan. And, and the, the big reason for this was you look at a guy and obviously he only worked half the year, but and and. There was a huge impact of him, you know, getting lost to Raw, which, which I don't want to say that that matters too much is that the fact that, you know, when he was gone, it just sort of, you know, completely tanked. And, and there's a bunch of stuff that has gone on creatively, you know, since him or whatever. But when you look at the beginning of the year, you look at the build of WrestleMania, you look at WrestleMania, the success it was that, that you know, whether or not you like the show or not, you, you know, we, we've had arguments here about, about, you know, the show itself, but obviously a, a commercial success, an absolute commercial success, uh, mainstream success. I mean, that, that, that build up to WrestleMania, that all that stuff. I think there's a ton of impact. I mean, that was a huge, it was creatively, it, it was refreshing creatively. It was good. You know, I had the Yes Movement stuff. You had WrestleMania, the big moment there. I just thought he had a, a, a very, very good year, even though it was only half the year. So I was a little bit, you know, I I, I really wrestled with that one. I really, really did as him being the third. And I went, you know what? No, it, it's, I, I understand that, you know, I really should have looked at the entire year for a lot of it, but man, he had a really good first four months. Yeah, I couldn't justify voting for someone who had basically yeah. worked for three months or four months or whatever it was. So, you know, I, I you know, um, so I couldn't do it. Who was your number two? I don't think you said uh, number two. I put Ricochet slash Prince Puma, which is an interesting one. And I, I, I'm very curious on what sort of people think about this. But you talk about a guy we, we talked about it in the, uh, the the Indie Year in Review podcast we did with Jerome uh, Cusan of uh, PW Ponderings is that through the first half of the year, basically through August, you can make a justification that that Ricochet was easily a wrestler of the year contender. And and I agree. I think he was, you know, he was winning accolades everywhere. He, he, you know, he's a great matches as well. You know, obviously great matches. The, the one issue is obviously his draw as sort of a business, you know, I, I don't know if that's necessarily there. I mean, he's obviously, you know, kind of fallen on a little bit of a little bit of obscurity being in Lucha Underground and obviously changing characters and going under a mask or whatever, but he's still having great matches. He's the focal point of that show. I think it's a fantastic show and it's obvious that they see a lot in him in that show. 
the problem is the business. There is still that aspect of that. But for me, the, the in-ring, which I've, I've loved his work this in-ring year, there, there's kind of the accolades. And I know there's there's a little bit of an issue using that just strictly, but I think there's a reason why uh, numerous different promotions around the world decided this guy was either our champion, the, the guy we should you know have win the tournament or something. There, there's there's a lot of value in Ricochet, and I think we, we we I think we underrated a little bit of how good of a year he really did have. Oh, he really did. And I don't have any problem with someone putting him in the top three. I don't even have any problem with anybody putting him number one since it wasn't really a particularly strong year with any kind of you know super strong. This isn't like you know 2006 with Mystico or something. They're just they, right, they right. Don't have any. So I I really don't have a problem with him in the top three at all. And like you said, when you're talking about Dragon Gate, Dragon Gate USA, Lucha Underground. Um, uh, uh, PWG and probably much more forgetting that all push this guy to the top. I mean that that that, that tells you a little. Yeah, I mean DG USA, DG proper, you know, New Japan, yeah, you New know, Japan, <laughs> Lucha Underground. I mean it's like it's the who's who. I mean pretty much every company he stepped foot in, he was the focal they point. They pushed of. him hard at some point. So right. yeah, I don't have any problem with him uh, being in the top three. Now I think Nakamura is going to win. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and like I said, it is kind of a down year. I don't think it's kind of your traditional. Um, you know, wrestler of the year type of year that he had, but I, I, I do think he'll win though, especially, you know, I think he'll get, he's going to get a lot of votes from people who didn't see a single match of his in 2014, but they, but saw him at wrestle kingdom and say to themselves, wow, this guy really is the shit. I'm going to throw a third place vote. You know what I mean? I can totally see him getting votes from voters who don't put a ton of thought into things like this. And, 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 and we're just overtaken by his charisma at wrestle kingdom. Yeah. And, and throw him on there when they look at, you know, how many shows he main evented and, and things of that nature. So even from that perspective, and he's a popular pick, too. If, if you look on our board, on the Observer board, when people were talking about this category, he was a popular pick. So if you're racking your brain and you're not really sure, I think a lot of people are going to go to him because he, he's, he's just a name a lot of us have agreed on. And, and it's it, he seems like an easy number one choice here. In my mind, I, the thing about Nakamura is everybody loves him. I, I, right, you can't not. If you, if you don't like Nakamura, you're just a terrible. Person. I mean, wait, wait, <laughs> That's, I think, really, yeah. he's really one of he's really might be the least divisive wrestler. I mean, he's universally liked by everybody. I mean, they, right. they, you really there's no contingency of fans that are like ah that he's he's overrated. And you get that with almost any other wrestler. You know, you you can count on one hand the wrestlers where you don't get any of that. Nakamura, uh, Sami Zayn is probably a guy. I don't see anybody putting uh, Daniel Bryan. Other than those three guys, I mean, you know, you can probably find people who think that just about anybody else is either overrated or not any good. Not with Nakamura. I mean, it's just universal with that guy. I've never, yeah, I've never seen a person ever say anything bad about him. It, 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 you know, like, and, and that, that, I mean, ever as in you know recent history, no, of course, it, but, right? Yeah. The, you know, modern Nakamura since the charisma injection. You know, it's it's, and especially now, I mean, he's just a guy. He he's. Any any sort of segment of fan, everyone seems to enjoy the guy. So you're right; he's an easy guy to vote for. But uh, yeah, so that's that's the rest of the year. I do think he'll win. We both picked him. Um, if, if anyone else could possibly sneak in and win this, who do you think it would be? Uh, yeah, it, it, I don't see a ton of other. I, I maybe an Ishii, where people just really, really, really enjoy the in ring. But I, we'll talk about the next category. I think he's a shoo-in for this next category. But I don't see him as the wrestler of the year category. I think if you're gonna vote Ishii for one of these. Obviously, this next one is, is the one where you would totally be justified in his pick. As far as other people, I really don't know. I mean, maybe what if you you're can... a guy, Okay, what if you're a fan who only follows North America 
and you don't think it's fair to vote for anyone from Japan if you didn't watch them, regardless of what you see on paper in terms of main events and things of that nature, and you're strictly voting WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, North American mm-hmm. promotions, or even if you're just a WWE, there's a plenty of people who vote who watch nothing but WWE. Right. What direction are they going? They have to go Daniel Bryan, right? Daniel Bryan or Seth Rollins would be a, a, a potentially popular one. This isn't even I one. I don't even think this is one of those years where you can throw the. And Seth Rollins is ridiculous. I, I would never. I mean, that's, I'm just saying it as like. And I don't even think this is one of those years where you can throw the vote at Cena. I really don't. I No, no, this is no, not at all. He has not had a Most good year. years you can throw a vote at him and, and justify it in some manner. I mean, where's the justification this year? I, don't, I just don't see it. I, yeah, I couldn't make it. Yeah, I. <laughs> So I'm curious. I haven't even seen his name. I haven't even seen his name, even even among the people that I know that are WWE guys. I have not seen his name. So yeah, that that he, Seth Rollins, uh, maybe a Dean Ambrose, but I I mean I don't like any of those picks. I mean a Daniel Bryan would be probably the best WWE one. I would say I could see people doing Seth Rollins. I really do, but I it's, don't it's, think that's a good pick. <laughs> yeah. My point here is it's pretty insane that the top North American candidate wrestled for about three months. Right. That's that's crazy. That goes to show, you know, what's going on here is I, I, it's just nuts. But yeah, anyway, I, I think Nakamura will win. I think he'll win yeah. pretty handily too. I, I don't, I don't think he'll even, I, you know, Daniel Bryan might finish second, and I don't think it'll, it'll be particularly close though. All right, so we'll move on to most outstanding wrestler, and this is strictly in ring. So this is the in ring work rate kind of category. Uh, I went number one with Tomohiro Ishii. I believe you probably went the same as well. Let me hear your all three first. Okay, I went Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, second, I put Kazuchika Okada. And then number three, I put Ricochet slash Prince Puma. I think Okada's an interesting pick for number two. I, I didn't think he had his typical year. But, you know, here's the thing about... But he, that's still a good... Here's the thing I'm, about I'm Okada. The... Here's the thing about Okada and Tanahashi, for that matter. They both had under-the-radar really awesome years yep. in the ring, especially Tanahashi. Tanahashi's a guy who people are tired of voting for for both of these awards, Wrestler of the Year and Most Outstanding. But when you really break down Hiroshi Tanahashi's year, he had the three matches versus Nakamura in the beginning of the year. He had the two Shibata matches. Um, You know, he had the... uh, the AJ Styles title change, which, which was a good match. He had all those other G1 matches aside from the Shibata match, which were excellent match. He had a hell of a – I mean, and that's considered a down year. That shows you how good he is. Right, he, and both those guys. What's interesting too is – and in doing my rewatch of uh, for match of the year and stuff and, and just looking at how people are voting or whatever, both those guys have six representations on our, our, on our list already. Oh, for I mean that, that's profound. Yeah. I mean obviously different – yeah, different matches or whatever. The, the next closest I think is Ishii at seven, but that that's – that's pretty incredible. I mean, that we talk about that. You know, you said you, you let it off with. I think Okada had a down year. I mean, that's, and you turn around. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty damn good down yeah. year. I mean, I'll, I'll take that down year on most. Yeah, because you know. the Nakamura match is a match of the year contender, and you have um, right. uh, the, the Styles matches. I thought didn't really live up, but they were still excellent matches. The problem was the first one was marred by you know the Bullet Club nonsense, and I don't. But here's the thing: the New Japan bar is set so high. That these guys go out there and have four star matches and we're disappointed, right. and 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 you have to consider that. I mean, they go out there and have these four star matches like that. You know, Okada style these Okada styles matches were excellent four star matches. Where if they were on any other company show in the world, you'd be happy with those main events. In New Japan, you're expecting four and a half plus for these main right. events. So and these guys have six match of the year contenders, and we call it a down year. Exactly, so that's, so it's yeah, crazy. Like- with that said, neither one of those guys are on my top three, even though I okay. just sat here and put over Tanahashi for uh, uh, my top three. I had Ishii number one. I had Ricochet number two, and I had Sami Zayn number three. 
Uh, That's good. Zane's a re- Zane was the guy I, I I took off to put on Okada, and and then I didn't necessarily feel great about it, but but I I was confident, you know, after I did my rewatch. But but he would be my number four, absolutely. Yeah, and and my if I had to pick a number four, my last cut might be kind of a surprising one, but it was Hiroki Goto. I think when you look at Hiroki Goto's year, a sneaky mm-hmm. sneaky good year. I mean, really sneaky good year. Right? And, and doing tag and singles matches as well, which is is, is is something that I think is is pretty, it should be rewarded or whatever. The, the fact that you can do, you know, singles and, and, and he can snap on and off. He can do singles and tag and it, it, he doesn't lose a beat. I mean, he, he's still great at either one. He's another is, guy. Is, I sit there and complain about all those tag matches with Shibata not living up. But then I went back, <laughs> but then I went back and looked at my match ratings for those matches. Three and three quarter, three and a half, right. three and a quarter. Oh. Oh, it's such <laughs> shit matches, right? It's it's unbelievable. And then his singles matches I thought were excellent. And Hanma's another guy who I wanted to try to get in there, but I, I couldn't. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Ishii number one, I think, was, was an easy choice. Um, just up and down. I mean, every time the guy stepped on a ring, he delivered. Um, so I, did, we talk about it being not, you know, his year for Nakamura in terms of wrestler of the year. I mean, this was just Ishii's year in terms of bell to bell. And, and Ricochet, even though he started tailing off towards the back end of the year, um, you know, his first eight months or whatever through August, I mean, it was just, it was, I mean, we were talking about him as a potential wrestler of the year. You know, we just covered it. We covered it with the other award, how good his year was. And then now that some of this stuff from Lucha Underground has emerged and has aired, he kicked ass there, too. Yeah, he's having the best matches on Lucha Underground easily. And and I I just got done watching this week's show, which he reviewed, obviously, on the website, voicewrestling.com. And and that main event is awesome. That Phoenix match taped in, you know, 2014, by the way. And, you know, the Johnny Mundo match from the first show. I mean, so, I mean, geez. And then the ladder match was another. I mean, everywhere this guy goes, Ricochet, no matter what company he is, he's putting together great matches. So I had him number two. Yeah, I went with Zane number three because, you know, first of all, I think in hindsight now, now that it's over, now that they've told the story, uh, A, B, and C. The Zane Adrian Neville feud, you know, think about this. In terms of everything combined, bell to bell ring uh, ring work, uh, the storyline, and the match to match storytelling, what do- what series of WWE matches, what WWE feud matches the Sami Zayn Adrian Neville feud that we just saw in recent history? What was the- yeah, none. I can't think of anything, main roster or otherwise. That's a brilliant feud. Yeah, brilliant. And and the matches were a lot of the story where it's told in the ring, which is exactly. is something that I definitely value a little bit more than than than. Pro- I mean, there were promos, there were really good promos. I mean, there were really really good promos done by both men, you know, especially Zayn or whatever. But a lot of the, the storytelling was you have to watch those matches and really pick up on the intricacies and pick up on these guys' histories and 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 stuff said. I mean, but yeah, it, the the story and the blow off at, at, at Takeover were incredible. I mean, just unbelievably great story told. Neville being a dick and stealing wins, and then. All the way through to the match they had last night, which again was taped last year, and I guess it doesn't count in the voting period because it was it's, in yeah, December no, no. or whatever. But I, right. neither will uh, neither will our evolution. That will not be eligible either. But in terms of talking about, um, you know, the, just their feud as a whole, uh, it, which is what we're talking about here. I mean, even the match last night, which was the final blow off, again, tremendous match, completely different from all the other matches. Yeah. So, um, you know, and it kind of, I guess, we'll get to it, but I'm kind of. Well, we'll get to it. I won't get to that talking point yet. For the other <laughs> award, I want to talk about it with. But yeah, th- those were my top three, and I-, I do think Ishii will win too. So, 
All right. Yeah, I, I believe so as well. I think he's going to be a runaway winner here. Uh, one of the harder awards the entire year for me, which is, is, is shocking. It's unbelievable that I had trouble doing this one. Feud of the year, Joe. Who are your top three for feud of the year? Well, you know, you skipped the best box office draw, Rich. Oh, right. And, I did. Yeah, uh, sorry. I don't vote on that one because it's so So stupid. you abstained. Well, here's here's <laughs> well, the, Okay, fine. Bruce Tharp. There we go. There's my vote. Like, a, why do I vote on that? Here's the thing I don't understand. I don't understand why you guys say why do we vote on this when it's fact-based? But it really isn't because there's still stuff to analyze because there's there's live gate drawing, there's pay-per-view drawing, there's merchant. I mean, it is, there isn't just – it would be wonderful if there but, was okay, just – But, Joe, that, that, but <laughs> that's different. I think that's different than a, a fan vote. They don't, at the end of the year, Major League Baseball didn't say who had the highest average in baseball. Do they? That, that's what I mean. Like I understand there is stuff to do, but why is it a fan vote? Somebody should just do that for me and say, hey, here's the guy who – That's my point. Nobody can do that. It it would be nice if there was one number, if there was just some composite number that someone could put together. But you can't do that. It doesn't exist because how do you quantify all those things and and add them together and and come up with one – you can't do it. So that's why I think it's fair to vote on it So I, I, you know, because I think it can be analyzed. You know, um, it's so – I don't know. If if there was one – number that could be you then i would agree how can you vote on something that that is fact-based okay. but i don't i, I, get, I, get I don't see it as being fact-based it, it, it is hard to vote on though because what do you and now especially with the network because with wwe you really you know pay-per-views have been focused on for so long and everyone has looked at pay-per-view by you know buys as as, as the be-all end-all and that's gone that's out the window uh, yeah. For the most part, and 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 is impossible or very hard and not easy for people to analyze anymore. So uh, it's very difficult. So I don't know. I I went with Nakamura number one because you know he main evented in the Tokyo Dome in front of thirty five thousand fans, and then he sold yeah. and then he sold out. You know five of the other six pay per views that he headlined or something like that. It was either five out of six or six out of i forget what it was i think it was i five believe it was five out of six yeah. but i yeah I, i'm almost positive five out of six but yeah so i mean that's what i went with and again this is another thing where i couldn't give it to daniel bryan on, on the strength of one show even if that show may have drawn more money than any you know anybody else's combined I, I felt uncomfortable voting for daniel bryan for any of these awards really because he wrestled for like three months i can't do it right so i don't know i we won't spend a ton of time on this i went especially since you didn't vote on it i went nakamura tanahashi and cena through Cena and okay. because he's still the best house show draw in the world. So works for me. That's fine. All right. Feud of the year. Feud of the year. Um, now this is where I was kind of annoyed with the observer voting period, because like you said, a lot of the Zane Neville stuff was not in the voting period because mm-hmm. it took I, I, I had put it down and then I went, shoot <laughs> the blow off. And now, yeah. And then of course now this week we had the, the other element of it. And yeah, it's just, it, it's unrealistic to have it all in, in, it, 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 for 2014, it's very hard to make a justification for it. So I had to bump but. it out. Now, that obviously would have been an easy choice for me, um, but I bumped it out for that reason. And other than that, I didn't see a ton of feuds that really lit Joe Lanza's world on fire. And this is becoming a tough, tougher, you know, pretty it, – it's very rare that we have the very easy ones. Like the year Kevin Steen, El Generico had their two-year deal or whatever, you yeah, know, that was right. simple. That was the best feud in decade, like a decade in all around. I mean that was an easy vote. You just don't get that anymore. I mean, so much of the WWE stuff is based around the authority, and that's just cringy stuff that nobody likes. I mean, I can't vote for that. 
And um, I could see maybe someone voting Daniel Bryan versus the authority based on the mania. Here's the thing about that, though. I don't think it matters what you headline WrestleMania with. That show is going to sell out no matter what you put on that show. I don't care what anybody tells you. I agree. WrestleMania is the draw now. Nothing. It doesn't matter what you put on. I mean, to a point, obviously. I mean, you know, there's someone out there listening who's coming up with some ridiculous whatever. That's not you, – you guys know what I mean. It really doesn't matter uh, you know, as long as it's within reason what main events that show. So I, I don't even, you know, see from that standpoint. And even if you did, even if you do think that Daniel Bryan versus The Authority drew those 70,000 fans on the strength of that feud or whatever – it was still only one show, and I mean, before that, Daniel Bryan was was feuding with Bray Wyatt. You know, he wasn't even feuding with the Authority. Right. And then after that, he was feuding with Kane. Unless you consider that all the same feud, I I don't know. I couldn't go in that direction. So I went with what feuds personally got me excited about seeing the matches, and I kind of left business out of it. Um, and for me, I went Tanahashi. I did as well. My, mine, just, just as a clarification, mine is business. I, I left business out. Yeah. So. so I went Tanahashi Shibata number one because I think the stuff with Tanahashi's book, which was uh, sort of reality based, and it's always great when you take something reality based and then, and then work it into the wrestling storylines. And then they had those two super heated matches, which played into all the comments that Tanahashi had made against Shibata uh, in the book. So that's what I went with number one. I went with Jay Briscoe, Adam Cole number two. And I went with the uh, Millennials versus the Osaka Six team of uh, Shima and Gamma as number three, which I think was a really underrated feud because it was the two old guys figuring out the cocky Millennials like no one else was able to do, right, yeah. taking their titles, and then the Millennials having to fight back to get their titles back. So I put that one at number three. And now I think I just fired myself up to the point where I'm kicking myself and I probably should have put it at number two. But <laughs> it, it's really not that big of a deal. But the Briscoe-Cole uh, stuff was pretty good throughout the year too. So Agreed. Uh, my number one, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't go this one. I want B.B. Hulk and Mad Blinky, the whole, uh, you know, the, the year-long feud of them, you know, the feud over their colors, the feud over – I mean, that, I thought that was a really, really good feud. And again, yeah, I, I left business out of it, but that was one that I really got invested in. And obviously, there, there were, you know, a bunch of huge matches. The Tozawa B.B. Hulk one is one, you know, very famously or whatever. I thought that was a great now, feud. Let me tell you something. Year. You say you leave business out of it, but that feud headlined a couple of big major papers. True. That is I, true. Yeah. It drew some nice numbers, so. Right. That is true. Yeah, that is absolutely true. Uh, number two, I went Shield and the Wyatts, which I thought was a really good eight. Again, I don't know if you can necessarily call it a, a, a pure feud as much as sort of a, a, a set of matches, but I guess they feuded for a little bit. But I, I love the work that they did in the beginning of the year. Yeah, I don't have any beef with that. A little, a little short. Three. A little short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, yeah, my, yeah, I like my fuse to be a little longer, but the problem is wrestling just doesn't work like that. You don't see guys no. feuding for <laughs> 10 months anymore. It's everything is so short attention span and, and moving, moving and moving. And it's just it's unfortunate that you don't get that's why that El Generico Steen feud, which was over the course of two years, was so great because it was just right, so, such an easy choice. Yeah, old school and, 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 the, and, and, and so well done. But what was your number three? Uh, number three was what you had uh, as number one, Tanahashi and Shibata, I thought was a, a, a really good self-contained, you know, I don't want to say self-contained. It was, it was, you know, two or three matches or so. And then the book and a lot of this stuff was sort of. Out of the context of wrestling, but yeah, I thought it was a pretty easy choice for yeah, me. Yeah, the book, to, to yeah, the two singles topic, matches, yeah. but you also had the tag matches too with uh, with uh, Goto and Shibata against um, Tanahashi and Maka. Oh, sure, so, yeah, right, you right. Know, you, you know, is it, you know, it's it's a tricky category. You know, the, the the feuds just aren't the way they used to be anymore. You know, it's just I hate to sound like that guy. Who, you know, you know, things aren't the way they used to be. You know, but it's just when it comes to wrestling feuds, that really is the case. You know? Yeah, and Sami Zayn is a guy who you know consistently. I think, 
I think he's probably the best in the world at long-term stories against an opponent. We're seeing it again. Yeah, we're, we're, we see we're. another example of it uh, this year with Neville. So, all right, then a category that that looked like it was on its deathbed uh, a few years ago, but is absolutely one of the deepest categories this entire voting season: Tag Team of the Year. Unbelievable. I think when we first did the show, I God only knows who we picked it for tag team of the year in, in 2011, but now it is, it is, it's hard to come up with three. I, I was racking my brain just to figure out who would order in this three and who would be my top three. Unbelievable. Yeah. Year. 2011. I remember this was a category we were just drawing blanks on and I was just throwing names out there like the Usos who were, who were working like superstars matches that I liked. And it's like, because there's no one on the main stage was doing anything as far as tag teams. I think uh, maybe Sekimoto and Okabayashi Ashi might have been my pick that year. I don't remember. It might have been 11 or 12. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, this it was pretty loaded this year because I think what you had was more of an emphasis in WWE on tag teams and the tag team titles with all the various things the Usos were doing. You really saw a, tag, a twin gate emphasis in Dragon Gate, which helped a lot. You saw the Young Bucks have such a great year. You saw ROH really do a lot of great things uh, with their tag teams. And on the independent scene, you just had all those like tag team dream matches, whether it was yeah. Young Bucks, Briscoes, Team 3D, um, you know, Hardys. Hardys. Hardys had a great year. Hardys, yeah. you know, all these teams that just faced each other in like these dream matches for whether it was, you know, House of Glory or whether it was Omega or whether it was uh, PWS, wherever. They were putting together these tag team dream matches all over the country. So there was a ton of great tag team stuff to sink your teeth into. Um, I guess I'll just throw mine out there first. You know, again, if, if we're talking about whose year was it, this was the Young Bucks year. I, yep. I found it impossible not to vote for them. This yep, was, they were my this number was one. the yep. Young Bucks year. Um, you know, I, you know I, I really tried to be different and vote for someone else, but I, you can't. It was their year. They were. The, I mean, when, when, you, when I think of tag teams 2014, the Young Bucks are going to come to mind right away. And they should. I mean, they, they are absolutely, in my mind, the, the, the tag team of the year in, in the truest sense of, of, of that, the, award, the name of the award. Absolutely. Yeah. I went with the Millennials number two. Uh, the quality of their matches and the uh, and, and the depth of the, of their feud with uh, Osaka Six could not be ignored. Um, so I stuck them in there at number two, and I went with Red Dragon number three. Really, you know, when I when I went back and looked at their year, just so consistent all year long, and then of course they exploded at the end of the year when they finally uh, you know made it to a uh, New Japan tour, um, double champions to close out the voting period. Uh, tremendous matches, a match of the year caliber match against the Young Bucks at, at War of the Worlds. And some people don't even think that that was the best um, Red Dragon Young Bucks match. <laughs> right, yeah. and, and, and so, I mean, just a tremendous year for them. Uh, so I went Young Bucks, Millennials, and Red Dragons. All right, so I obviously went Young Bucks number one, and I had the same teams as you, a little bit of a different order. I went Red Dragon number two, and then Millennials number three. Oh, so we had the but, same yeah, three teams. We had the same three, yep, absolutely. So in this, we, we sat here and then went on and on about this great diverse year in tag team wrestling. <laughs> it was a good and year, then, though. And then we voted for the same three teams, and, and, we, don't, well, and we don't talk about this beforehand. No, we don't, no, we, no. We don't, we don't even, you know, we like to come into this blind, not knowing what the other guy's doing. That's funny, but when you look at the tag team of the year, how do you assess that? Do you just look at ring work? Do you look at what? What? How do you sort of? I, I do ring work mostly because I, I I really, I mean, draw in a sense you you can kind of sort of look at a little bit. And I know the Bucks. I I can attest to you know independent shows in the, in the Midwest where the Young Bucks were there and drew bigger houses than usual or whatever. But I tend to look at what matches I enjoyed and what team. The way I think you put it up, you know, perfectly, and we've been doing that for some of the awards. I, when I immediately look at these awards, I, I I read the award and then I say who's the who is most who comes to my mind the first when I think 2014 
tag team of the year. You know what I mean? And that very easily for me, it was the Young Bucks. It was the Young Bucks year. They were, in my mind, the the, the tag. I mean, it, they were the, the focal tag team of the year. I mean, they were the big deal or whatever. But yeah, I try to do in-ring a little bit, but but I, I try to just think of who just had a, a spectacular year all around and just not try to do it too crazy and just think of, of, of you know, who who comes to mind immediately. And then I sort of go back and, and relook at some stuff. But but I try to fill out the, my top three first and then sort of go back and, and, and try to say, okay, you know, that these guys just came to my mind, but there, there's no way I can vote for them here. But no, I, I immediately just kind of go, who comes to mind and, and the Bucks were the easy, easy pick for me. I look at it kind of like the Fez flair, but with tag teams, I try to consider everything, but the problem is I'm such like a work rate nerd. I'm such a, you know, smarky, right. you know, work rate kind of fan that that always ends up bubbling to the surface. The toughest cut for me was the Hardys because, you know, drawing all those big independent, you know, four figure uh, houses everywhere, a lot of them against the Bucks, by the way, and I, you know, I think the Bucks had a lot to do with drawing some of those numbers. You know, I'm not saying that they're, oh, I'm not saying they're bigger draws than the Hardys. They're probably not, but it, let's not pretend that you just could have threw the Bravado Brothers in there. And I actually think the Hardys did wrestle the Bravado Brothers once in Omega, if I'm not mistaken, this year too. Um, but you know, and do similar things like for House of Glory and whatnot, where we're in some of these other places where they faced each other. You know, but I tried to mix that in. The Hardys were the toughest cucks. The Hardys had a good year in TNA too. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That that three way feud with Team 3D and the Wolves is arguably the highlight of the year for TNA, and those yeah. those were legitimately good matches. You know, I you know the Wolves the Wolves. I mean, I, I wouldn't pick them, but I could see people potentially picking them. I could see people doing a Goto and Shibata as a team. Time Splitters. We didn't mention them. You know, very good team had a really good year. I mean, there's a lot in there. I mean, there's there's, there's the Usos if you want to make sort of the WWE Absolutely. one. Absolutely, I think the Usos and the time the, the, the Usos are going to do well in the actual. Poll. Yeah, they may actually win it. Um. And and I wouldn't have a problem with that, but but the team that I think gets lost in the shuffle is one that you mentioned. That's the Time Splitters, very consistent all year long, good matches every time they stepped in the ring. But I mean, geez, if I were to go right down the list, I mean, I would definitely have you know the Hardys fourth. You gotta you gotta think about uh, the Briscoes. You gotta think about uh, the Usos. You gotta get them. In there. I might not have the, the Time Splitters might be number six or seven. That's crazy. It's right. such a great year. But, yep. but if I really broke it down, I, I might have them like sixth or seventh, which is which is nuts, which is like absolutely mental. Then you have people who are really into Gold Dust and Stardust. I don't get right. it, but there are people who are really into them. Um, so you know, there's teams like that. Um, you know, I don't even know. If, did we mention the Briscoes? You got them in the mix. People, we didn't, yeah. people are really into to their stuff this year. So I mean, you know, and then and then other than the might, you, you know, the Osaka Six team, I would expect to get a few votes uh, here and there for for what they did in Dragon Gate as well. So uh, there was uh, Shingo and Tazawa. Uh, you yeah. know, people forget about them before the Millennials beat them for the title. It's just so deep. The Dong and the Yankees, I know a lot of oh, people. Oh, uh, yeah. how can I forget yeah. them? Yeah. I mean, geez, right. yeah. they're they're gonna get tons of. They're gonna finish in a lot of people's top threes. Yeah. You know what? I I forgot about them when I was looking at yep. my at my teams. And, you know, and then you have a team like the Twin Towers too in Japan, which which are which are which which might get some fringe support as well. I mean, this category legitimately runs at minimum fifteen teams deep. Which is just, I mean. I would really love to listen back to our 2011. Maybe I, I can check my email and see what I sent Dave. Like, I really do think we were just kind of like, I, I think I was just like, I, I mean, I can't even remember. I, 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 I can't was, even fathom was, who was in 2011. Well, for me, I, I'm almost positive that was the year that Sekimoto and Ogobayashi had that big. Yeah, you had one of those years. I think that was that. Yeah, I think that, yeah, and I'm pretty sure I shoehorned the Usos in there who were having like, superstars matches versus like Beretta and Kalen Croft that I really like. It's like, <laughs> but that just shows you how deep you're digging when you're putting a team like that. I mean, who would be, yeah, bad, bad intentions actually won the award that year. Anderson and, uh, yeah, uh, and, and I didn't vote so. for that. Cause I never liked that team. 
because I I never liked Giant Bernard and and I wasn't a big Anderson guy in those. I didn't think that team that team just never worked for me. I wasn't a fan of them, so I know I didn't vote for them. But like a comparable team this year would it would be like voting for like Los Matadors this year, if you if you were voted for the Usos in 2011. That's like the level they were at. And, you know, that that shows you how far this award has come where where it's just so deep. And that's a good thing. It's great yep. that these promotions are pushing tag teams. I mean, right down to TNA. I mean, the best stuff in TNA was arguably that tag team feud. Absolutely. And the, and the Wolves, you could, have, you could argue they wouldn't be in the top 20. Because other than that three-way feud, what did they do all year? Nothing. And, and, and they had three excellent matches in that feud with, uh, with 3D, and, which would have been good enough for, like, top three in, like, 2010. So, yeah, it's tag teams are really worth stacked. Great year. Absolutely. I want to move on now to most improved, a category that I, uh, again, I had, there was a lot of names in here that I was going to go with. Uh, I'll give you my top three here real quick, and I'll get yours. Uh, number one, I put Rusev. I think that was the easy pick for me of a guy who who really didn't impress me very much in NXT and who absolutely, I mean, we, we talk about it on the podcast. Every match he's in, he feels like he's getting better. He's understanding more. And that momentum is carried all the way through the summer, all the way till now. I mean, every time I watch him, I think this guy is getting better. Every time the bell rings, uh, number two, I went Sasha Banks. I think that 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 you know is is obvious for people that that knew where she came from or knew you know the progress she's made. And she's just absolutely one of the best female workers, not only in NXT and WWE, but one of the best in the world. I, I really enjoy her work all around. The number three, I went kind of an, uh, an interesting one, and a guy who I never really liked, an independent guy. I went Caleb Conley, who's a guy that that I really just avoided his matches forever. And we talked famously on this podcast. I hated the guy, and now this year, everything I've seen of him, I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed a lot, and he's really starting to kind of come into his own a little bit. He's 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 a better worker, a smarter worker, you, you know, more idea of what his character is going to be, you know, a better body. Just everything is working out for him a little bit better. So, uh, we had the same number one. I think Rusev is an easy pick. I mean, he was a non-entity in NXT. He was a non-entity when he first came uh, into WWE at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I mean, it was that act. You go back and read reviews on our site. That act was 100% all about Lana at the beginning of the year. And then, you know, slowly but surely, this guy ended up having some of the best matches in the company over the course of the year. Uh, the Big E matches, I, I will never stop ranting and raving about those. Those were tremendous matches. And then he had that series of matches with Jack Swagger, which, which may have topped the Big E matches. So, yeah, I think so. I think they did. Yeah. And I like both. And I like both a lot. So, yeah. And I mean, he's hardly a complete worker. There's holes in his game. He had a terrible match against Roman Reigns. He has terrible matches when people try to slow him down. He's at his best when he goes in there and has a real hot six to seven to eight minute match with another yep. Haas who's willing to go out there and get kicked in the face and take some clubbing blows and, and get in there and fight him. That's, that's what he's best at right now. Um, he has shown some holes when he has longer matches, but uh, you know, he went from a complete non-entity to a guy who is legitimately one of my three favorite guys in the entire company and a company loaded with good wrestlers. So there's yeah. a lot to be said there. And the Sheamus match, the Sheamus matches too. And the title, the Sheamus title switch, that raw bonus match was another great match. Oh, right. right yeah, of course. I forgot about that one. Yeah. So, that great yeah. So to me, he's an easy number one. And I think he's easily going to win the award, too. I think he's going to run away with it. I Yeah, I think so, too. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about guys who might win it. But I, I, I think he, by all accounts, should definitely run away from it. Now, I had Banks and Conley in the mix. I had them on the sheet. Now, I'll tell you, my number two guy, I almost voted for over Rusev. But the, the, way, I, the way I decided to go for Rusev was Rusev came from an absolute non-entity to very good. This guy was an average wrestler who, 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 you know, became very good. That was Joe Doring. 
Joe Doring was a guy Great pick, yeah. who never did anything for me in his entire career until this year. Ah. He was just a guy. He was the definition of just ah. a guy. He was a jag. And um, this year, they put the triple crown on him. We all groaned. We're like, oh, my God. All Japan is so desperate. They're looking for anything to grasp onto. They put the title on Joe Doring. And he had one hell of a triple crown title run. I liked yep. everything he did from that point forward. And, you know, he does like this dollar store Stan Hansen routine, which, you know, it, whatever. It, it works for him, though. You know, he's, yeah, absolutely. He's definitely harnessed it and made it made it work for he's him. He's got this awful dad mustache, and, and <laughs> that that only enhances it. The dad mustache is so yeah. Good. And when I say awful dad mustache, it, it like you said that enhances this character that he's doing. It's like a style. If people aren't familiar, it's a Silas Young. If you if you're familiar with Silas Young and Ring of Honor and, and Independence, it's very similar to that. The Bill Cower like. Uh, yeah, 80s dad mustache. It's perfect. Man, it's great. you just gave me the best idea. They need to bring in Silas Young and team these men together. Oh, God. Just that, <laughs> chewing, just smoking and, and that would be, they should come to, tucking, yeah, absolutely. tucking polo shirts into their jeans or whatever. <laughs> just like, they like, should come to the ring smoking and wearing New Balance. And, and Which, by the way, I, I, do you know Silas Young, I can confirm, is a smoker. If that, that The most obvious scoop ever is that Silas and Young And he's the nephew of Stan so. Hansen, so there's... Right. tie-ins there as well and yeah they can come to the ring smoking marlboros and wearing new balance and tucking their polos <laughs> in their jeans and they could just be wearing the long white socks like the, the white socks that go yeah, to their like the, knees or whatever calf length tube socks you know right. they could be the dad tag team you know they could be like the real man dad tag team you know? yeah and then just beat the shit out of they, you they're they're old school they don't take any guff you know they're not sensitive to to their wives needs they're just right they only they only like they want their pork chops done when they get home from work it, so it, it's like chris rock says they want the big piece of chicken they want to come home from work and get the big piece of chicken <laughs> right. and and that you know and and that that would work but yeah so so joe doring for sure he was my number two and you knew i had to squeeze this guy in at number three i had to get my man titus o'neill the mvp <laughs> okay the mvp right. of superstars this year now look <laughs> He 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 was the leading contender to win this damn thing until Rusev and Joe Doring came out of nowhere for me. But the thing that hurts Titus O'Neil, and why realistically I shouldn't even have stuck him at number three, but I had to because I do these superstars. I'm the only person, me and Rovert are the only people watching superstars, and we're the only ones <laughs> who appreciate the greatness of Titus O'Neil on that show because he went to NXT and he fucking sucked. Oh, he was so and bad. And he made me look like a complete tool because I talked this guy up for months and months. I'm like, you got to see. And then he did a bear. And then he did a bear hug for 15 minutes. Yes. And... I was like, you got to see these Kofi Kingston matches. You got to see these biggie matches on superstars. They're so good. This guy's coming to NXT. He's going to kill it with Sami Zayn. And then he had the worst, the worst Sami Zayn matches you'll ever see were against Titus O'Neil. I mean, and, and he was awful on NXT. They couldn't, that taping, those set, that set of tapings couldn't end soon enough to get Titus O'Neil. Oh, they were so bad, yeah. So that kind of hurt him. But then, you know what? He went back to Superstars and started killing it again. Just, just <laughs> had another uh, couple of uh, – and, you know, and he, he just had this feud with Jack Swagger on main event, which carried over from main event to Superstars that people really need to check out. You know, Rob McCarron, he'll tell you all about it because he's the main event guy. They had a great match on main event, and then they had a very good match to follow up on Superstars, and I hope we get the rubber match. I hope we get the third one uh, at some point on one of those shows. Maybe not on main event because that might not even exist anymore. With the whole Yeah, very odd. Yeah, weird story coming out about main event. Because the UK network deal 
uh, is it Sky Sports? It's one of the networks. In- uh, Sky, yeah, Sky. I believe it's they Sky Sports, but I, I could be wrong. They've yeah. got exclusive rights to main events, so they can't show main event on the network in the UK. So now they're just the main event tapings are just on hiatus. They just right, and and the idea was that initially, and that's why it wasn't a problem from the beginning, is they thought they were going to have a separate UK stream and then a US stream, but obviously the network hasn't done as well as they had assumed or thought. So they decided to just do one stream, and now if there's only one stream, they can't show. Main event to us, Pretty so. amazing that nobody thought of this before, and, and they even <laughs> they even had one false rollout in the UK where you think this would have come up. It's just amazing right. how badly they botched all this. It's disgusting. But yeah, I went Rusev during O'Neill. I have no problem with a Sasha Banks vote. I have no problem with a Caleb Conley vote. Those were two definite contenders uh, for sure. Charlotte would have been another uh, yeah. a good pick. Charlotte sort of fell off for me. She was an easy pick for me at the beginning of the year, but she's sort of she sort of reached a point and just kind of been there now for for about six months. And you know, so. I, and I, I'm kind of uncomfortable with voting for people like Charlotte too because she was so green, uh, you know. Before it's almost it, it, she's essentially a rookie now. You know, I kind right, of feel right. uncomfortable because no one's good at the stage she was at before. I guess you could kind of make that argument for Rusev, but the thing with Rusev is we saw that improvement right in front of our eyes on the main roster, and it was drastic. right. I mean, because I think like you, I, I think what's important is that you said at the beginning of the year he wasn't nothing. I mean, you, you, we, we, we spent three months kind of eye rolling him, and then all of a sudden it just clicked, and it was like, oh my god, and then he clicked, and he just, like I said, he improves every time he gets in the ring, and I, and I think that's, you know, he didn't reach a point. He didn't just kind of reach a point with those Jack Swagger matches, and that was kind of it or whatever then he you know as you said he went back to the the Sheamus thing and had a great match I mean he's had great matches with a number of different guys throughout the year and as, I think in another way he's improved his acts all around if you take it just outside of in ring a decent promo a guy who's really understanding his character better just just a good all-around worker that's just getting better every single time I mean an easy pick for me easy easy pick yeah and and you know at the beginning of the year it was basically all right when are they going to beat this guy and then how are they going to make Lana not Russian like that was the the whole I like like right. When's she gonna become from Florida again and just start wearing a bikini? You know what I mean? Like yeah, we all sort of assumed that that was it for her. That it was okay. Yeah, yeah, we're doing this. And, now, and then now one day she's gonna turn on him and go, yeah, I'm from Florida and you know I'm, whatever. I'm yeah, a model and all this get stuff. Get rid of yeah, him. Right. He'll be dancing with Santino at some point. She'll move on. <laughs> but now you can't imagine them without each other. And you know I think this year it's gonna be a legitimate main event act. You know. Yeah. Depend- I don't know how depending how they handle this potential Cena match at WrestleMania though. That's you know. But, but we'll see. This isn't the show for that. Absolutely. Move on now to best on interviews. Joe, who are your top three for best on interviews? Uh, number one, I went um, – and, and actually, despite the fact that there's so many great promos in wrestling, I, I – this was pretty easy for me. It was Jay Briscoe. Uh, when you talk about a guy who gives be- – he gives the most believable promo in pro wrestling. I genuinely believe – every time I watch him give a promo to build a match – I genuinely believe he's going to murder the person he's wrestling. I, I, <laughs> I understand it's a work. He convinces me it's not a work. He convinces me that he hates the Young Bucks, and he convinces me that he hates Adam Cole to the point I fear for those men when he's done. He's, just, he's so good at conveying a, a realness that no one else is really yeah. – you know, there was a time in wrestling where a lot of guys were good at that. There aren't any more. And look, I understand there's people who have problems with his politics. I don't care about any of that stuff. Look, I don't agree with his politics. I don't agree with his some of the things he said about homosexuals. But you know what? It's his right to believe that. And, you know, 
it, you know, it's, it's, I don't, I don't have to agree with you to, to respect what you do. as. A yeah. Or enjoy your work. Yeah, you know, like right. there's a lot of people I don't agree with. It, I'm not going to hang out with you, but I like your work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you know, that, that, that doesn't factor in for me. The guy is a tremendous promo. I, and I, I voted for him pretty easily. I went Paul Heyman, number two. And uh, number three, I went MVP, who I think um, doesn't get nearly enough attention because no one pays attention to TNA, but um, he's one hell of a promo as well. All right. Uh, number one, uh, a similar similar list to you. I went number one. I went Paul Heyman. I thought he had a really, really I mean, I, I don't think it's as good as his, uh, you know, 2013, but I thought he had a really good year on promos. And I know a lot of people bring up the stuff about, the you know, the Lesnar stuff got kind of boring. But at the beginning of the year, man, he had some great promos. The one I always remember is the Raw in Chicago where he came out and basically that crowd was ready to chant CM Punk the entire night. He used them. I mean, I, I was in the crowd and he absolutely grabbed us and and just did whatever he wanted with us and 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 moved it over to and got all the heat on Brock Lesnar just just a, a really just a masterful promo anytime they needed a go-to promo to build something up they called Heyman and he and he did it. I mean there's the one you know the rap to John Cena just just unbelievable stuff throughout this year I mean really I think people bring up a lot of stuff, a lot of negatives of, of what he did this year and that he wasn't as good. But it, I feel like it's like an Okada Tanahashi thing where, where we say, oh, you know, it wasn't as good as the prior year. But God, he was still so fucking good at promos. Like, that's just that that guy lived for that. I hope forever. I hope there's a role for him just to come out and, and do these. Listen, I'm, just, a, I'm on. There's nobody. I'm on. I'm on. I'm, a, I'm like on record. Him. He might be the best promo in the history of wrestling. I, I'm on record saying I, that, and I'm, yeah. and I'm not ashamed. He, he, I mean, I missed a lot of the. Given my age, I missed a lot of the, the you know, the '80s guys in their prime or whatever. So I wasn't really emotionally invested in a lot of the stuff they did or the '70s or whatever. For my era, for being a twenty, you know, twenty-seven, twenty-eight year old, Heyman's it. I mean, Heyman absolutely is it. Heyman's rah-rah promos in ECW were a big reason that ECW got to wherever it is that they got. I mean, oh, yeah. that that's. I mean, the way he rallied the fans with those rah-rah promos. Um, and you know, people are screaming at their computers right now saying, Oh, what kind of fucking money is he drawn with his promos? But you know what? It's like you always talk about it's context. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's those ECW rah-rah promos, just, they rallied the base and, uh, and, and, and the stuff he's doing now with Lesnar, I mean, you know, this guy, he's, he, he might, he's, he'd easily be top five for me. I, I, I might be able to find guys, you know, maybe Dusty Rhodes or something. I you know, I'd have to think about it, but yeah. top five for sure. I mean, I, I think there's no doubt he'd be a top five promo of all time for me. So I have no problem. Yeah, I voted number two. So I don't, I don't think you have to apologize for voting him best promo this year. Right. Uh, number two, I went Jay Briscoe, the guy you had number one. I, I think you you hit that nail on the head. I mean, just a guy who every time will gets you ready for a match like you never really thought you could. Like, you, you know what I meant? Like, as you said, like those Adam Cole matches, like I, I go into those not really thinking I want to see him. I see a Jay Briscoe promo and I go, I got to see this. Like, I got to see what happens. And, and, and the way he brings that. You know, the, the tena- like you said, the tenacity, the, the realism towards those promos. Yeah, you get lost in his promos and really start thinking, man, this guy's really going to, you know, he really, really dislikes this guy. He's and like, so it, it's intense. Yeah, it's just like you you have to you have to calm yourself down when you're done with him because he just stares at the camera and like the way they shoot them too. Ring of Honor, a lot of credit to them is that the way they do it is, is great too because they they get in so super close and he looks so grimy and weird and like uncapped and it's just it's perfect. It just everything works. And the and the content's great too. I mean, he, he it's hard to understand a lot of times, but I think that's the fun of it is that he's not a, a very polished talker. Like he he's he's Jay Briscoe. You know, that, there, there's no other way to do he's it. He's really found himself, and and obviously his wrestling character is clearly an extension of himself. And he's really done a great job finding himself. Where as Mark is more playing a character, you know what I mean. The Mark thing yeah, is a little wild, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that, but it's a little goofy. 
Jay has really found himself as a performer over the last uh, couple of years as a singles act. And his, yeah, there's just a level of intensity there with his promos that no one else can match. I had a lot of trouble with number three, and I ended up with Dean Ambrose, a guy who I thought at the beginning of the year and, and, and throughout the middle of the year had really, really good promos and really got me invested, not only in his character, but in the feud with Seth Rollins and that sort of stuff. Obviously, at the end of the year, he sort of tailed off, but I don't know if that's necessarily his fault, uh, given the content he was given. And now, obviously, this year, we, we, we're seeing it, so it's, it's shocking to do it. But I thought during the summer, he had a really, really good run of, of, of decent promos and, and, and really worked out his character a lot better. But I thought in the breakup of the Shield, the post-Shield stuff, he stood out to me in promo-wise. You know, among those and among WWE guys in general, who who I don't think had a very good year promo wise in general, but yeah, that, I want Dean Ambrose number three. Uh, yeah, it's a fair pick. I don't really have, have a problem with that. So, um, anybody else you see missing, undiscussed? Yeah, I mean, there's going to be. I mean, Rob McCarron will be upset if we don't mention Stephanie McMahon, who I thought had a, had a decent year uh, promo wise. Save my thoughts for a different category on that. Yeah, I believe I know a category. Uh, Triple H, who I I am not really fond of his promos, but I, I guess I could see people saying that. Uh, Daniel Bryan had, yeah, I mean, they were, they were okay, but they weren't, you know, unbelievable. Um, in terms of non WWE, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, a lot of guys don't get the chance to really go out there and, 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 and shine in promos. Um, Zeb is a guy who didn't get to talk enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's a guy I wish I, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, all things considering if we did sort of a, uh, you know, per 36 minutes or, you know, for a hundred at bats, you know, stat, he'd be a guy, but I mean, he just didn't get enough chances. Adam, but Cole, Adam Cole's very good. He's gotten a lot better. I think here's a guy that that maybe next year I would consider him a little bit more. I, I thought you know halfway through the year he started getting getting a lot better. I've enjoyed it, but yeah, I, I had trouble voting for him here. But he he was on the short list for sure. So yeah, that that's all I got. I mean, we might be missing someone, but it, it wasn't. I don't think it was a particularly great year for for interviews outside of the top two, which I thought Heyman and Briscoe was a runaway one two. Well, I mean, you know, you lost you lost CM Punk, you know, and and mm-hmm. and you know, it's you you only had. Daniel Bryan around for a couple months, and I, I, you know, I don't really consider him a great promo anyway. Uh, he does what he's supposed to do. I think Daniel Bryan is just too—I don't know. I don't want to do a whole Daniel Bryan thing again, but he's just a little too smiley and happy and goofy for me sometimes. I want to see right. that intensity that we saw out of Bryan Danielson at times come out in the Daniel Bryan character, but yeah. that's not what they want out of him. Nope. And he's a company guy; and he's going to do what they want out of him, and it's really not. You know, it's so it, you know, whatever. But that's again, that's for a different show. All right. Most charismatic. This one <laughs> I could see being 100 uh, percent to one guy. Uh, Joe, who are your yeah, top? I mean, three if, most if you don't vote for Shinsuke, not <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, we're done. It, you need your head examined. I mean, it, it's it's just too easy. Number two, I had Akira Tozawa. And, yep, and I went to Zawa as well. I, I always I want him to win this. Ca- I mean, it, now it's going to be harder than ever for him to do it. But he's he you know me. I, I think I voted every single year. This is the first year I have not voted him. But yeah. And in number two. three, I had Cena. I went Dean Ambrose, number three. But. And you know this. This is a after Nakamura, you just stop. Just you're done. And this category, <laughs> I always used to struggle with because my thought process always used to be like I'll use Tazawa as an example. You know, I would always want to vote for him, but then I never would because my thought process was always, well, if he's that charismatic, why isn't he a top draw? Why isn't he mm-hmm. one? If if you're truly one of the three most charismatic wrestlers in the world, then you 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 then theoretically you're you're one of the best draws in the world, or you right. should be because that's charisma translates to dollars. But I've stopped with that mindset. Because it, it's there's other factors. I mean, you, your company still has to get behind you. The company right. still has to put you in a position to make money. Um, and and we we famously know Tazawa's thing. I mean, the company. I mean, there, there's a lot of reasons why he's not 
you know, there. And there's a lot of, re- I mean, it, it, justified or not, there's, I mean, there, there's, there's stuff there where this guy could be whatever he was. It, he's not, I, I don't know if he's good enough to absolutely make them, okay, we have literally no choice. You know, we always talk about the cream rise to the top or whatever, where, where you know, Dan O'Brien's a perfect example this year, where, where WWE had no choice but to do, you know, you know, make him the main event of WrestleMania or whatever. So it's not where they, 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 there's, he's, he's got, aspects of that but they don't have to make him a giant star dragon, you, you dragon know, gate's it, a different deal they rotate guys yeah. in and out of the of that spot and then they give them a you know then they rotate exactly. them out and let them rest they do a lot of six mans they hide them in the bottom of the card um but the other thing is the tozawa loss to bb hulk is clearly setting up his win somewhere down the line oh certainly so yeah. it's just his his turn and they all get a turn all the top guys in dragon gate get a turn it's just the way they do it his turn just hasn't come yet Will it come this year? I don't know. Will it come in 2016? I would think it would come by 2016, um, but his turn will come, and and he'll do fine uh, when his turn does come because they we've talked about how great their booking is, and 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 every you know it, it's 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 very calculated the way they do things and 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 he'll do very well when when his turn does come and and his his quote unquote breakout year is still in front of him I think certainly. I agree. All right, we'll move on to a uh, interesting category because it's a it's a stylized. We get a few of these stylized ones here. Uh, best flying wrestler. Uh, you skip two. We, we, we oh, can do flying I, now. We'll do flying now, though. No big. What did I skip? It, technical is eleven, and and the Brody Awards. Oh, you know what? Sorry, I didn't I didn't vote those two. No, talk about them now, because I because oh, I think that's a good topic. I did not vote for. Yeah, yeah. No, so that's actually good. Yeah, I don't have them on my list here because I didn't vote. But I think this is a good. This stylized section is a good good time to talk because. I always have I, I I really really struggle with these these days, and I almost didn't do best flying wrestler either. The well for best technical, um, I I thought this was a better year for best technical than there has been in a long time. This is sort of the category where everybody votes for Daniel Bryan by default when he does not he hasn't deserved it since <laughs> been about four four or five the years. The second that he, he stepped into WWE, his style changed. And he no longer deserved it because he wasn't the same wrestler that he was in the independent scene. You can make arguments that he deserved all the other ones, uh, you know, but he never deserved it from the moment he see- he became a typical WWE babyface for big move wrestler. That that's what he is, and that's that's fine. Right. That's what he needs to be. That's what they want him to be. He's not rolling around on the ground and what kind of great and technical wrestling? And, yeah, yeah, I mean, right. he's doing some. Technical- he throws a fucking knee at you. he is a strike based wrestler. If anything, at this at this point, right? Exactly. And uh, he does some technical wrestling, and when he does it, he's very good at it. But he didn't deserve the award that he kept winning no. by default year after year after year. And it was always hard to find people to vote for because it wasn't a style that was really pushed anywhere. Except Except for really, like, like in 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 not not just only in Mexico, but like grimy lucha independence that hardly anyone pays attention to is where you were seeing some of your best grappling. So those guys were just way too obscure to win these awards. This year, I think with the emergence of guys like Timothy Thatcher, Drew Gulak, mm-hmm. Biff Busick, Zack Saber Jr., uh, you know, um, guys like that who who were who were grappling has sort of become sort of the trendy uh independent style now in the united states there's a ton more options for people to choose from in terms of of technical wrestling now with that said i think a lot of times too people just confuse technical wrestling with just look this isn't an award for best grappler it's an award for best technical wrestling. Technical wrestling isn't just grappling. That's a major component of it, but it's also suplexes, throws, um, things of that nature as well. So I kind of try to think about everything. My default guy is usually Blue Panther. 
what I saw from Blue Panther this year, I finally think that he's too old to vote for for anything anymore. Uh, I didn't like anything I saw from him this year. There are people who think I'm nuts. They still think he's very good. I just, I think he's clearly over the hill now. I will no longer be voting for Blue Panther. He was always my go-to pick in a very weak category. Mm-hmm. This year, I went with Hechicero because okay. I think that good pick. Um, you know, from what I've seen out of him, he has the most creative grappling. Um, and he does things that nobody else does in terms of on the mat. And as far as technical wrestling goes, and he's the guy who wows me more than anybody else. Number two, I went Cesaro because again, it's not best grappler. It's best technical wrestler. And who's a more technical wrestler than Cesaro with his various throws and his suplexes and his technical wrestling as well. So he was my number two, number three, I really struggled with. And, you know, I, I struggled because as listeners of this show know, I am not a fan of that Timothy Thatcher, Drew Gulak, Biff Busick stuff. I don't like it. So while I recognize what they're doing is technically sound and it's very good, how can I in good conscience vote for something that I don't – like I've, I've watched Timothy Thatcher matches that I had to stop before they were over because it was so boring that I didn't want to watch the whole match. So how can I vote for that? You know what I mean? Right. It's like – that wouldn't be so weird. Yeah, it's, it's weird to try to do like, that. I recognize he's good at what he's doing, but if I think it's shit, how can I like if it doesn't appeal to me? It's a tough it's it's a tough thing. It's 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 a tough thing. But with that said, I voted Timothy Thatcher number three because I think, okay. that, um, I, you know, as, as far as straight grappling goes, I mean, who's better than that guy? And the inner fight that I was having with myself, number one was none of this shit is that important. Why are you debating this in your head? <laughs> right, it yeah, doesn't yeah. fucking. And, and that's, that's the exact reason why I just didn't vote for him. I, was, I have too much time and it's like, you know what? I don't even yeah. want to, whatever. At the end like... of the day, nobody fucking cares who my third pick is for best technical wrestler. Why, right. why am I having this internal struggle? You know what I mean? If I put half as much of this thought into like my relationships, I wouldn't be single. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> n- 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 you know, I wouldn't have run off, <laughs> you know, every hmm, girlfriend I ever should had. Should I vote Timothy Thatcher or not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I just went with him. Losing sleep over it. Yeah. yeah, so I mean I just threw him in there because I think he's better at that – At that, tr- that's look, that style has to be recognized as something that emerged this year. It just has yeah, to be. Yeah, absolutely. So – and I think he's the best at it. I think he's better than the, his other two opponents that he wrestles on every fucking show. Um, so I went with him at number three. So – and you skipped it, so – I skip. Yeah, I just I, I have, you know, you mentioned this debate that you get into. I, I sort of think of it, too. OK, who's you know, and we'll mention it with Brawler, too. And even with Best Flying, I had a lot of trouble here is, you know, wh- what is a flyer? What do I consider a flyer? What do I consider technical? Is it is it just grappling? Is it also suplexes? Is it submissions? You know, br- you know, Brawler, you know, what am I talking? Is it guys that wrestle outside? You know, is it guys that go outside of the ring? Is it guys who throw good punches? Like I just these style ones are so weird. And I, I just I, I'm not into them anymore. I just don't I don't even want to bother thinking about them. So I just kind of let it go. I mean, I, I like to look at guys in overall packages, so I really don't like saying, okay, who's the best at doing X or whatever. I, I just, to me, I mean, promos are a different story, that sort of stuff. But to me, I, I, I it's just not worth the time for me. So I, I just abstain from these, unfortunately. So sorry. Uh, best brawler, the Bruiser Brody Memorial Award. I went Ishii number one. I think he's going to run away with it and win it, you know, yeah. pretty handily. I went, I went Minoru up. Suzuki number two. Now, you know. You can kind of go with him best. I wouldn't knock anyone who voted him best technical because there's another good example of a guy who is a great technical wrestler, but a different style than than a similar but different style than someone right. like a Timothy Thatcher. You know, because he mixes in. But as, as straight, but as a brawler, I mean, what's the essence of a good pro wrestling brawler? Someone who brings real menace to the table and a real Absolutely. sense of danger. And that, that to me, Minoru Suzuki does that. And I would have voted Lesnar if he wrestled more matches. 
but mm-hmm. but he just didn't. Um, uh, and, 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 and honestly, he's had better brawls in the past, like the Cena, the first Cena match a couple of years ago. Um, so number three, I went with, uh, Kevin Steen slash Owens. So, you know, I, it's good. Yeah. And Steen, Steen gets there a lot. He, he wins a lot, but, and he's always kind of weird. I, 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 to, I again, I don't even want to, cause he's a guy that I think of and I go, is he really a brawler? I mean, he throws good. Soup. I, I mean, it's just like, definitely a brawler. Whatever. Sure. I mean, you know, I, I, I agree to a point, but it, then I just, I think about it. I, I just, I, these categories are tough for me. And then uh best flying wrestler is the last one. I sort of did this one. I don't know if I'm necessarily happy with what I did here because again, we get into the question of what is flying. Is it just guys that do good high spots? Is it guys who, who, you well, know, I, I, through I, your thought process, how do you vote for this? I look at guys that I consider, I, I look at guys that are wrestlers and I look at guys who are, in my mind, guys who who the bulk of their not 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 necessarily the bulk of their offense, but the highlights of their offense are high flying maneuvers. Whether it's you know moves off the top rope, moves to the outside, flips, you know that sort of stuff. I know that's kind of like the the uh, the joking, especially with us, is you know oh you guys love your moves and your flips or whatever. But that's how I look at it. I look at who are the guys who who does the best flips and moves. <laughs> you know you know what I mean? And like uh, does it in a creative way. I mean that's look, what I do for this best, category. It's a right. best flying award. I mean if you're if there's a ever, flying, you're in the air. If there's ever a time <laughs> to look at flips with a Z, it's when you're voting for it's when you're picking out your best flyer. I can't rip you for that. So you just kind of look at it strictly as as who blew you away with the most creative stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I went number one. I went Flamita. Uh, number two, I went Ricochet, who still had a you know a distant year in terms of, of high flying. I think he got you know he he's starting to distance himself from that a little bit. But still, when you look at his overall body of work, I mean, a lot of really good you know flying you know throughout the year. And then I went Kota Ibushi, number three. I'm not particularly happy with that one. I really wish I spent more time. But again, the problem is I don't really want to bother spending that much time because I think there's a lot of category I really could have spent my time looking I mean, at guys I like. But I, I didn't like, really. Bother. You could vote for like a million different guys in AAA. For, that's for what I mean. Like, like do I, CMLL, all those those rookies, you know. Because I didn't have a Bushi, I didn't have a three, and I said, okay, who am I gonna? And then I started looking at, you know, I started looking at other threads and who people said and watching video, and I went, I don't care, I don't care. <laughs> like I just, I really don't. When I when I vote for this, I I it, it's weird. It's it's some years there's guys who are so dynamic and do such wacky shit that it cannot be ignored. And I don't care if it's logical or works well in, in the context of their matches. And I'll vote for those guys certain years. Then there's other years where I consider, all right, well, how did they integrate their flying into their matches? Because, you know, you can vote for, um, you know, straight up spot monkeys. Like, you know, you could probably pick a year where Jack Evans was not a great pro wrestler, but he was pro- but he was doing the wackiest flying. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah, so there's some years where I consider how it's worked into the match. There's some years uh, where I don't. It just it all depends. There's been years where I voted for guys like uh, Takuya Sugi, who's better known as El Blazer, Yoshitsune, whatever name he was using. He's used like a million different names. To me, he was maybe the most creative and dynamic flyer of his time. And there were years that I just couldn't ignore the crazy shit that he was doing, like running up walls and then doing moonsaults off of flat walls and <laughs> – I mean, go look at that guy's highlight reels. There were years I couldn't ignore it, even though in in the truest sense, he was never a good pro wrestler. He was just he was the the pure definition of a spot monkey. But his spots were so great. I mean, he did stuff that Jack Evans couldn't. You know how good Jack Evans is. Oh, yeah. yeah. This guy used to do stuff. I'm telling you, if you don't know much about him, look him up. 
look up some of his primes. And he was always worked for Japanese indie sleaze groups because well, what's the best what's the best one to do? Like what are a few matches you can recommend? Just I would just Google search Yoshitsune. That was his okay. best known identity or El Blazer, one of those two. And that YouTube is loaded with like those videos of like the top 50, you know, those kind of videos, like the top 50 moves. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And, I like those are great. Yeah. yeah and, are- and, and for a guy like him, you don't really want to watch his matches because his, his goal in his matches was just to go out there and do the wackiest flying he could do. He had no interest in building quality matches, but anyway, <laughs> um, he's in hiding now. You can't vote for him anymore. So this was one of those years where I voted for guys who work their flying logically into their matches because I think there were a bunch of standout flyers who did do that. I could have easily voted for a bunch of the guys that we're seeing now on Lucha Underground. I could easily voted for some of the CMLL uh, younger guys. But I thought that there were three guys that, to me, worked big matches, worked high-profile matches, and did smart and creative flying. My number one was Flamita, similar to you. I think his Brave Gate run uh, rivals any people think I'm nuts because of the great Pac run a couple years ago, but I think that Flamita Bravegate run rivals even Pac's run that he had a couple years ago, and he and and he did some tremendous flying. That great uh, uh, the flame fly move that he does from all kinds of different angles, great flyer. Ricochet number two. People talk about him toning down his flying, and he has. But you look at all the great matches he had this year, and and aside from the Yumato match where he sold the knee. They were all based around his flying and, you know, he's still doing it in Lucha Underground. He's still a very uh, graceful and and, and dynamic flyer. So I voted him number two and number three, I voted ACH. I think that ACH ACH is flying is so smooth and, you know, the shockingly smooth, seeing it in person. See, you have to really see it in person to just really understand how quick. I told you for years, for years, when we first started doing this show, when he was still just a Texas guy, I would always tell rich, I know you watch ACH on tape. It's a whole different animal when you see this guy in person. It's so quick and fluid, and he just pops up, and it just never. I mean, he's indestructible, and he lands on his feet so. Pr- it's just, it's unbelievable how quick and how easily he can fly through the air. It, 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 it's shocking. You, don't, you really, you really have to see don't it, yeah. appreciate how great of an athlete he is until you see him live. Yeah, and like you have to go to like a small indie show too, where you're where you're only about four rows away from where he's doing it, or perhaps the front row to really, really get an idea. He is a guys. great small room wrestler. I mean, oh, yeah, he yeah. just pops off the ring, especially the smaller and grimier the show is and less the less talent there is on the show. Him and Rich Swan are, are, are the 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 small room like champions of, of the and, world. And, I mean, and ACH because he he talks shit throughout the whole match, too, which really. Yes, yeah, so you can hear everything. It only yeah. works for the first couple rows like he talks while he wrestles. It's the weirdest thing. And he really has a he has that live charisma that. A lot of guys, some guys are the same on tape or live. He really pops live. And I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because it's something I was always telling people and they thought I was crazy. Yeah, no, absolutely. But in terms of his flying, it's just so smooth and graceful. The smoothest flyer I ever saw was Too Cold Scorpio because he was a big man and everything he did was so smooth and graceful. And he's kind of similar to Too Cold in that respect, except ACH's flying is more fierce than Too Cold's. Oh, absolutely. There's, it's it's got a speed to it. It does. Yeah. It has a ferocity to it. And that Air Jordan, he hits it just, I mean, you don't even know what he's doing. And then he hits it and it's like you blink and it's over. And you're like, Jesus Christ. I mean, like just unbelievable. The height that he gets on that thing. 
and yeah. it scares the shit out of you because and the fact that he doesn't crack his skull every single time he does I, it is, man is... The, the trust that he's putting in the people catching him because of the, the height that he gets on that thing is is, is is you know it's it's scary every time he does it. yeah and you know and half the time he's doing it you know there's no mats you know he's doing it on these indie shows with you know concrete floors it's you know he does that in inspire pro wrestling in that little theater that i go to in austin it's a fucking concrete floor i mean it's yeah it's geez and you know and you're counting on one or two guys to catch you you know, some of which are not highly experienced or trained. It's, it's crazy. But yeah, so he was my number three. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of directions you can go. I think now that Lucha Underground kind of has a good footing and, and if it lasts throughout the year, you know, you're going to see guys like Phoenix. You're going to see guys yeah, like, Phoenix, yeah. like uh, Drago. You're going to see guys like Arrowstar. You're going to see a lot of these AAA guys who look, let's face it. A lot of people don't pay attention to AAA, but these guys are going to get exposure through Lucha Underground now. And the, a lot of the guys in CMLL, your your Cachorros and your people like that, um, you know, are 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 only going to get better because fuck, man, they were like real rookies this year. Yeah. All right, so we'll move on to uh, most overrated. That's the next one on the list, correct? Yes. Make sure I didn't abstain from any other categories. I think I'm I think I'm done now. But uh, yeah, so we had the most overrated. This one, uh, interesting, always category. Uh, for clarification, for people that don't know, I mean, people that, that vote on the Zero Award should know this. But for those who don't, most overrated essentially means most overpushed. A guy who gets pushed a lot and doesn't deserve it. Get the word over. Get the word overrated out of your head. Right. It's not in the sports context. If you're a sports it's, fan, it's... just pretend it's called most overpushed. That's right. what it means. OK, it's not who do people think is good, who isn't. It's just who is over pushed, who doesn't deserve the push they're getting. So would you go with here? All right. Number one was easy for me. Kane was absolutely the number one runaway win. I mean, when they need a, a, a terrible when they need a match, they go to Kane. I get I, I, <laughs> V when they need. I mean, you look at Daniel Bryan's first feud after winning the again on the goddamn title was Kane. And that's where they wanted to go with Kane. And it, it just it boggles the mind. This is year in and year out too. This this is the lifetime achievement award for most overrated for Kane here. Just unbelievably shocking that he gets as much as he does. Uh, number two, I went Randy Orton, and number three, I went Roman Reigns. Yeah, Kane's an easy number one. He's going to win the award too, um, because when you have somebody in WWE who's so far ahead of the pack in one of these categories, they're they're easy winners because most people are going to vote WWE because that's it's, right. you know it's an American based newsletter. Um, so, you know, he's going to win and he should win. There's no reason Kane should have been headlining a show in 2014 at any point. And he headlined shows. And, you know, it's, it's just, you know, we don't need to go through it. Everyone, it's pretty obvious. You, you know the Kane story by now. <laughs> yeah. uh, number two, I went with Roman Reigns. I think that yep. he just isn't ready. And he no, and, and it's, it's not a fault of him, really. And, and, and really, and that's why most overrated, I, it, it overpushed doesn't necessarily mean I don't like the guy or I don't think he's any good or anything like that. Cause, cause, and, and, and that's an interesting subject because you brought it up um, you know, on Twitter earlier, and I think people get the wrong idea of when we sort of criticize Roman Reigns. It's not about him. I think he's a, a, a very nice guy. I think he's a good talent. I think he's got a lot of stuff. He's just not ready for what he's being given. You can I mean, clearly he's being see, handed so you can, everything. Yeah, and you can clearly see why they like him. I mean, Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, the guy has a great look. And, um, you know, it's, you can see what's, but it's just too soon. And it's, 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 it's patently obvious that it's too soon. Right. In the literal term of, of, of what this means of most overpushed, Roman Reigns is an easy guy. It doesn't mean he's bad. It's just, he is overpushed. I mean, that, that, that is what it is. If, he, if I was running things, he'd be one of the top heels right now. And he'd be on the road with guys who can, who know how to work. And he'd be learning for a year before I right. before I even turned him face, and before I even thought about pushing him to the top. It's just, right, and not and not and not in two or two or three months, he's going to be headlining your biggest show of the year. It's I mean, just that, way that's too soon. Unfathomable. Yeah, number three for you, the Gracies. 
Oh, and a good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Gracie C team. Just the fact that they appeared on your television this year. And headline New Japan shows. Oh, <laughs> uh, don't the remind Gracie me. The Gracie C team. That, that never happened. No, it didn't happen. Headlined no, shows it didn't. for the best promotion in the world. <laughs> it didn't happen. It happened. There's no way. And look, There's no way, have, Joe. And I wouldn't have voted for this them. year, 2014. If it was the if it was no. the Gracies that were stars, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> it was the C team. It wasn't well, even the B you, team. Right, and, and and think about me. I mean, you're you're a guy who you mentioned you you, you follow him or whatever. At least I knew who they were. I don't give a fuck. I have no idea who the Gracies and are. And you don't care about the backstory with Sakuraba. I don't know any you don't of. Care them. about any yeah. of it? Yeah. No. So yeah. who who's the who's the popular one? Who's like the well, Gracie? Hoist Gracie is the Hoist Gracie. The okay. Guy I wouldn't even revolutionized, know that, yeah. you know, he, he's the, he was the undersized dude in the early UFCs who shattered the myth of, 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 you know, what a great fighter looked like because he was just a regular dude, 180 pounds. And he was yeah. tapping out these jacked up steroid abusing, you know, <laughs> and, and, and it was, you know, that was back in the day, you know, it, it, it wasn't that long ago when people thought boxers were the toughest men on earth. And, and right. would win a fight versus any other discipline. Who in their right mind thinks that today? I mean, everybody knows no. now that boxers don't stand a chance against, you know, a mediocre uh, jujitsu practitioner. And he's the guy who taught everybody that. So okay. Hoist Gracie is generally, you know, the biggest star among the Gracies. And then you have uh, uh, Hicks and Gracie, who, okay. who in Japan, you know, you know, I think he, he was undefeated or he may have lost a fight towards it. He may still be undefeated to this day. He's done fighting now. But, you know, he was the one, you know, uh, on the other side of the world. And then, and then, of course, Sakuraba was always he, he became known as the Gracie Hunter because he was a big hero to the Japanese. And I'm really doing cliff notes here for you. I mean, I, you know, just that's fine. People no, that's, listening, I, rubbing, it's more than I need. People yeah. listening, <laughs> rubbing their temples going, he's leaving so much out. But he was the Gracie <laughs> Hunter because he beat a bunch of Gracies. And that's for those people that are concerned. I don't and care, became so. a big hero. What the hell? am i talking about let's move on i don't know you asked you asked then i then (laughs) then i give you a lovely explanation of the the gracies (laughs) and then they tell me you don't care i mean geez let's move on then now i'm insulted i do see their name on on some strip malls around here so well that's well you know that's because everyone pretends to be a gracie now so that you sign up for their so every karate instructor in the united states (laughs) is a gracie Gracie now and is a master of jujitsu one of the one of these new japan ones wasn't even a real gracie right didn't he just like kind of marry into the family or isn't he like a cousin or something like that ton of gracies who aren't really gracies they're like like third cousins or whatever cousins twice removed guys who married sisters uh guys who live next door it's just there's a (laughs) it's it's basically if you're brazilian and because the thing is if you use the gracie name you get booked right you know you know on all these mid-level mma shows if you have the gracie name that's a draw so they'll book you because people people like you who might be casual or casual guys they don't know the difference between all these gracies they just say oh you know, a Gracie is in the main. I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I'm gonna go to that show. So it's a, it's, it's just, it's a marketing tool. All right, most underrated, and this again is most underpushed. The way the the literal term. Well, this goes one's here. gonna be so, a runaway too. I mean, there's no way Cesaro doesn't win this, right? Yep, that's my number one pick. I mean, yeah, that's you know, this is gonna be a runaway as well. So I'm more interested in your number two and your number three. All right, uh, number two, I went Biggie Langston. Biggie, I thought he was a guy who, who I mean, we're, I mean, ghost now, just an absolute ghost, and a guy who I think is super talented, could really get over. It's just a guy. I mean, we know he can cut good promos. We know he can, you know, play a good character. We know he's he's good in ring. He's got a great look. It's just I, I don't get what what the deal is with. I mean, I it's just when, when I mean Cesaro is the runaway here, but in any other year, I'd probably go Biggie as my number one. Just unbelievable that this guy doesn't get pushed more than he does. I, I don't get it. I don't know what he's missing. I really don't. 
Well, he's uh, he's he's the uh, he's a sweaty black guy now who sweats a lot and has a sweat right. bag. So <laughs> yes. And I went number three. I went very odd here, and it's a very one. It's a guy that, that recently we were talking about, and I kind of brought it up, and, and, and we're doing the yearbook, the New Japan yearbook, and I'm looking, and I go, this guy is really good. He doesn't get pushed that much. Masquerade Dorada. Why does he not do more in New Japan? The guy works random six-mans. He's in for three minutes, and he has awesome three minutes, and he's done. I, man, I wrote the profile, so... Um, you, yeah, it was your profile that I was like, God damn it, push this guy. He's really good. Like, completely agree. Uh, right. He's, I don't have a great feel for what's... Has he had a singles match? Yeah, well, he had the he had the he had the tour ending singles match that blew everybody away at Fantastic Mania. But other than that, he didn't have. Other than outside of Fantastic Mania, though. no, no, right? no, he didn't. Right? No, well, no, because he wasn't in Super Juniors, right? So, uh, yeah, I don't was he? I don't know. I don't remember if he was. If he not. was, he didn't make much of an impact because we don't exactly we don't even remember we were, if he was in it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I and I don't have a great feel for what CMLL does with him. I get the impression he's not heavily pushed there either. Um, so yeah, I you know I could see that. Not bad. Um, I've got Cesaro. I have Austin Aries, number two. TNA did nothing with him. And, no. you know, y- you could argue he's their best singles wrestler and uh, always delivers for them. When they do push him, he delivers. Yeah, every time. You know, yep. I, everyone knows about his great 2012 where he was legitimately one of the best wrestlers in the world when they had a great story for him and he, and he delivered. And they just didn't do anything with him. A lot of that was his contract ending towards the end of the year, but they didn't do anything with him all year. And uh, my number three was Minoru Suzuki because – yeah, great. He wasted yeah. all that time in the Yano feud and did nothing with him. He won't be on that list next year because obviously there's big plans this year for the guy. Yeah, already off to a bigger start. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, as far as under pushed, I mean, he is a. I had an epiphany the other night, and it's like everyone knows how great he is. I don't think that's news to anyone how great Minoru Suzuki is, but he's really fucking great, Rich. I mean, no, he's yeah, oh, he's yeah. like in in terms of a pro wrestler, like he's an all time great. I mean, I don't hesitate to say that. He's so fucking great. It's really disgusting how good he is at pro wrestling. I mean, and and it's just a guy he gets lost in the shuffle so often. And um I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I you know, it's like this year, it's like a lost year with this stupid Yano feud. And and I don't even dislike Yano. I mean a lot of people dislike Yano. I just just I just tired of them two together, is what it was. And, and yeah, oh yeah. That's a good spot on the card for Yano. I don't think Yano deserves a bigger push than what he got, but it's a way too low on the card for Suzuki. Agreed. Absolutely. I mean, he's such a talented guy that's just really, you look at it, you look at this year in general. I mean, he had two, you know, unbelievable G1 matches and an unbelievable G run in, in, in general might win match of the year in, in numerous ones. We might talk about him here in a little bit, but yeah, you talk about a guy who just didn't do much this year and, and, and everything he did do that was important is great. I mean, every every time he is in a big spot, it's unbelievable. I mean, this is a guy who who is not a feature guy in New Japan, but could, you know, in, in a few years win multiple Match of the Year awards. It, it's it's shocking just how good he is and just doesn't... I, I don't know. I, I don't... It's, it's I'm, very I'm, I'm yeah. so pumped up for this year with this Noah thing. Um, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. He's getting the title match in March against Marafuji. Obviously, I expect him to win. Um, you know, so he's going to be doing high profile stuff. I, I am so pumped up for this year and those, and those Suzuki gun guys in, uh, mm-hmm. in Noah, it's going to be awesome. Absolutely. Move on now to promotion of the year. Um, here you, uh, you, how about you start off? I went new Japan, Dragon Gate and CMLL. Um, I really think. The only other ones you really could have considered, uh, maybe maybe Ring of Honor. I yeah, I, I put them. I, I had the same. I had New Japan, Dragon Gate, and Ring of Honor were my uh, top. Three. All right, I I couldn't pull the trigger over CMLL because 
number one, the success of the anniversary show, um, you know, selling that show out and right. the great main event and the buzz that Huge surrounded gate. that. Yeah, the biggest gate in history of the company and the history of the country, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then the Enbusca tournament on top of that, which was phenomenal and, and garnered a lot of buzz. And, and the fact that they, they have this great young roster. So I couldn't pull the trigger with ROH, who's still kind of in limbo between Indy and Major League. And, um, you know, you know, what it came down to for that number three spot is, you know, wake me up when Ring of Honor draws 17,000 fans and turns fans away. I, I, couldn't, right. I couldn't do it. You know, I couldn't do it. And I could see where, where people would. Uh, because they really did have a good year, especially uh, in the ring. But um, for promotion of the year, I do think business matters a lot. And um, so, so yeah, CMLL for, for me was the number three. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I did Ring of Honor because I thought they had uh, – and I, I did a little bit of research on, on their numbers and stuff. And obviously they went to pay-per-view, had a decent amount of success with pay-per-view. Obviously, I, I probably could have done CMLL. That would probably would have been a, a better pick. But I, I, I sort of – you know, without knowing a ton of the, the intricacies of their business or whatever, I I, I kind of stayed out from them a little bit. But no, they they were one that made um it made a lot of sense. CMLO and, and and Ring of Honor, I thought I picked you know decent attendance throughout the year, okay pay per view numbers, you know, just growing in a business away. But no, CMLO is a very good pick. I, I have no problem with that as a, as a number three at all. Triple A drew the th- third biggest house of the year for Triple Mania. Okay, let's not forget yeah. that you had WrestleMania, you had uh, you had uh, uh, Wrestle Kingdom. You had the triple triple mania. Number four was the G1 final, and number five was the CMLL anniversary show for paid attendance. Okay. Yeah, and I, I do try to weigh a little bit of, of of how much I enjoyed them as well throughout this year. That's why you're not yeah, seeing oh, sure. here at yeah, all. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah, and it, and you really can't. It's hard to vote for WWE. I mean, they had a really bad year. You know, <laughs> of all years, yeah, for them. I mean, yeah, success in the overall sense when you compare them to a, you know, a ring of honor or whatever, but you look at personal, like of what their standards are. I mean, not a good year at yeah, all. And they had to nope. severely adjust their budgets and everything else just to not lose money. And, and, and they, they also, you know, in the ring, it was shit creatively and in yeah. the ring. It was absolutely, absolutely shit. Garbage, so, yeah. you know, I do think for this award, it matter. You have to enjoy the promotion too. I mean, I, it, realistically, I probably would add CMLL second if I enjoyed them more than dragon gate, but I enjoyed dragon gate better and dragon gate once again, stayed in their lane and had another good year financially as well as the number two promotion in Japan. But I think AAA deserves mention. I think DDT deserves mention. I mean, DDT, Absolutely. you know, that's another promotion that does uh, very good business. And, you know, realistically, they're the number three group in Japan. I mean, certainly. I mean oh, yeah. let's be yeah. honest. I mean, you know, they're ahead of all Japan and Noah. All, if you're putting all Japan and Noah ahead of them, it's just based on reputation at this point. I mean, it, it's, it's got to be DDT when you look at business factors. So, um, so yeah, there, there, there's some others that, that you could easily put in the mix for that number two and three spot. But, I mean, I, I, I had to – there was a point in the year where I – Dragon Gate was ahead of New Japan when I was unhappy with some of New Japan's booking, but they rallied by the end of the year. And once they had that G1, I mean, you can't put anybody ahead of them after that. I mean, you just can't. Agreed. You just get stupid if you do. You just can't. I mean, the G1 was so fucking good that it's just you can't put anyone Agreed. ahead of them. All right, so we'll move on to Beck's weekly TV show. This was one that I had a little bit of struggle with. Uh, it's been it's been tough the past few years. There's not a lot of great you know, weekly TV anymore for wrestling. It, 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 they go through their highs and lows and there's just so much stuff and so many hours that it's really hard to have one that's good all year. Uh, top three, I went Rig of Honor Television, which I really enjoyed this year. It, it's, and I mentioned it in, in, you know, another podcast or whatever, and you hear it, you know, in our reviews, Warren Taylor does the, the reviews. It's, it's boring at times, but it's, it's, it's very rarely is it bad. And that's what I kind of look for uh, a television show. I in this category, I look at not really awful. Don't 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 make me feel bad for watching you. And Ring of Honor TV never makes me feel bad for watching them. I feel okay every single time. It's boring. 
It's familiar, but it's okay. They've had decent matches throughout the year. It's it's an easy hour to watch. Uh, number two, I went with NXT. Again, very boring. You know, a lot of times there's just stuff where there's just nothing going on, and there's weeks and weeks where it's just guys running in place. But I thought at the end of the year, they really hit their stride. The talent roster is getting a lot better. And in general, it's just an easy hour of TV to watch. There's nothing that's usually awful, awful. There's, there's a few matches here and there, but for the most part, when you're done watching it, you don't feel like, God, I just wasted an hour. And number three, I went, I tried to stay away from it, but God, I'm doing Lucha Underground. I thought it, I, I think Lucha Underground is a great show and I enjoyed it. And you know what? Hell, I, I understand it only had a, you know, a month or two to get on this list, but it was a really good month or two. So maybe they're not here next year. Maybe they, they fall on their face in, in 2015 or whatever, but for 2014, I, I have no problems putting them there. I so badly wanted to vote for Lucha Underground. I wanted to vote for it so badly, but really they had like six shows during the vote. Right. It's tough. It's hard. Yeah. It, it was not easy. I, I really thought about that one a lot. Um, so I put them number two and I put NXT number one and uh, I had ROH number three. And the reason being there's the, the only two shows that are appointment viewing for me where when I say appointment viewing, I mean, once they're on my DVR or once they're uploaded to the network, whichever the case may be, uh, as soon as I'm done doing what I'm doing for the day, as soon as I'm home for the day or done with work or done with whatever I'm doing, where the first thing I do is watch the show, that's NXT and Lucha Underground. I waste yeah. no time getting to those shows. And um, those are the only two that have that feel for me. Ring of Honor, I skip a lot of weeks. I don't even watch it every week. Um, there's some weeks where I look at it and I see what's on it and I go, eh, you know what, the decade, no thanks. I'm skipping this week or you know whatever the case may be. So I couldn't put Ring of Honor ahead of those two since I don't consider it appointment viewing to the point I don't even watch it every week. But it was good enough for number three because it was far better than anything else. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I think you nailed it on the head. Sometimes it is boring. Um, BJ, oh, yeah. I, I, it, it, it's boring to a fault. A I, you know, BJ Whitmer does nothing for me. Jimmy, they have a lot of guys on the roster that are boring. Um, you know, Jimmy Jacobs does nothing for me. Uh, Mike Bennett does nothing for me. Unless he's in New Japan. That's weird. I thought I would – I really thought I was going to hate his presence in New Japan, but they had a good World Tag League. I can't lie, him and Taven. Um, but in but in Ring of Honor, I, I'm not interested in Mike Bennett. You know, there's just people on the roster I'm not interested in. But then they have weeks where I eat it for fucking breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I love it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. It's a great show. Um, but I really badly wanted to vote Lucha Underground number one. Couldn't pull the trigger. That is a great – fucking show and if you didn't right. see it this past week and I'm, we're, oh. we're recording this on the 15th so if you didn't see the, if you didn't see the show on the 14th okay run do not walk if you don't have the channel after this after you listen to the rest of this podcast another hour and a half or whatever that we do here then you can go watch go it. watch yes, that run. show immediately afterwards turn this off it. and go watch that show okay all right I all right yeah, you know, fuck it <laughs> that show and, and and this week in particular is so that show never lets me down you know, even a mediocre Lucha Underground is is more often than not easily the best TV show of the week unless Ring of Honor has like Lethal versus ACH or something. You know, one of those matches that just blow the fucking doors off. But even then, the Lucha Underground show usually gives you at least one, sometimes two, sometimes three matches that are like close to that caliber. It's it's and this week's show is a great example. How awesome was this week's show from top to bottom? Oh, so good. You had that four-way match where they introduced... That's why I love that match. They, that opener was so good. Now, let me tell you something. They introduced four new characters in that match and got every one of those motherfuckers over. And not only did they get every one of them over, one guy dominated the match and they still managed to get the other three guys over. How the hell did they do that? That's amazing. You can, Cage pinned all three men in that elimination match and did so emphatically. But you come out of that match and not... First of all, they made a star in Cage. 
Okay, and then with the post-match attack after the main yep, event. Yep, absolutely. Okay, he looked like a fucking yeah, star. In one, in one hour, he became a star. In one hour, they made him look like one of the top stars in the promotion. Right on right on par with Mundo, Puma, Big Rick, uh, Mil Muertes, anyone you want. He's a star. In one hour, they made that guy a star. He looked great. But the weird thing is, the three guys that he beat, you can't wait to see those three. How awesome. Right, I can't wait to see Aerostar again. I can't wait. Yeah, how, often was, how awesome was that South African guy? And oh yeah, he was great too. Yeah, I was one. I I went up and looked up his story or whatever. I had no idea about him at all. And I, because I, I look at him, I go, "You're weird. You don't look like everybody else here." And I, I looked it up, and yeah, I was fascinated by his story as well. Yeah, and Helico and uh, and Arhenis. Yeah, I'm doing the yes. proper pronunciations here. You don't pronounce the G, Rich. You see, that's how you do that. But I'm never gonna go full striker and say Blue Demon Junior. That's never. Which <laughs> I thought it was interesting. Blue, blue. You know how he says he, he says Blue Demon or whatever. So then Chavo Guerrero comes out and cuts a promo and says Blue Demon. I want to talk to you right now. And I was like, well, okay. If if Chavo doesn't say it, I don't think you have to exactly. say it. Exactly. Listen, I don't care if it's right, and I know it's right. I don't care. Say Blue Demon, please. Right. If Chavo doesn't is, can't be bothered to say Demon, then you don't <laughs> it have to. Drives me nuts. I want to strangle him through the screen. Because you can't unhear it now. Now, no matter where, I, I'm in the other room and I hear it and I like shiver or whatever. It's just, it's so bad. Blue yeah. Demon Jr. But uh, yeah, it's this week's show was fucking off the charts. It's such a great, it never, that show never lets you down. And everyone's raving about the Aztec Rumble from the week before, which was a great show. This show blew that show away, in my opinion. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah. Blew it away. They accomplished more this week with the cage stuff. And man, they have, they actually have managed to make Chavo Guerrero and Blue Demon Jr. like a match that people want to see. Could you imagine right. that? That's two of the driest wrestlers you'll ever see. Yeah, at, the, at the beginning of the year, I said, Joe, in 2015, one of your most anticipated matches in the first part of the year is Blue Demon versus Chavo Guerrero. I mean, I legitimately want to see that match now. And I, and I think yeah. both of those guys are, are dull as dirt. I mean, it's crazy. They, 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 just, they, they do such a great job. And this Dario Cueto, let me tell you. Yep. This is the best. You know why he's the best heel authority figure? And we're going to get to that category later, but I'll touch on it now, okay? Yeah. Because it's real heat. He's right. such a prick that you want to see bad things happen to him. He's he, – that the, like Stephanie McMahon, she just has go-away heat. You don't want her on the screen because she's fucking annoying. That's not the right kind of heat that you – Cueto gets the right kind of heat. Right. You want to see Johnny Mundo just kick the shit out of this guy. Because he's such a slimy character. Because he plays right. everybody like a fiddle and he plays both sides and he's – He's just fucking great. And uh, besides the fact he's a professional actor, which makes him a much better performer than everybody else, when it comes to Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, and I didn't vote for them for the, the best – neither one of them. I didn't vote for Steph for anything. I know everyone's on the Steph train. The problem with Steph is for me she has go-away heat. I don't want her on my TV. I want her to go away and go on another five-year sabbatical because when she comes on my screen, I just – Yeah, she doesn't do much for me like, Oh, God. I have to sit through a Stephanie McMahon segment. Agreed. And, and you know, I see why people like her, but I, I it's – there's a difference between go away. She's very good. The problem, one of the issues I have with her, and, and I think it's different with Cueto a little bit, where you look at Stephanie and you look at Triple H or whatever, they're very good at getting heat on themselves and really good at you hating them or whatever, but they do very little to get anybody else over. Cueto does a great job of, he gets himself over as a slimy sleazeball, but the problem, the, the difference is you, as you said, want to see blank beat the hell out of him. You want to see, you want to see that other guy get his revenge on him. And then because not only just because you don't like the guy, but because you want to see that other guy succeed in light of him. I don't really, I, I don't get that with the authority. I just want them to go away. I just want someone to beat him up and then go away. But are, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I never had that thing. same idea, but are they great? I mean, in reality, are they, if people want them to no, go, I don't go away, so. are they great? 
No, I, I, I didn't say, no, I don't think they That's are That's the thing, like, the ratings don't show that. They've been the most pushed act in the fucking company for how long? Has it been Stephanie McMahon, Triple H? And the ratings have been going down shitter. Uh, live attendance going down shitter. Uh, business isn't booming with the authority on top. If they were that great at getting good heat and people wanting to see them get their comeuppance, wouldn't it be reflected in the business? Right. Well, I, I meant they're good at getting heat on themselves. Uh, it, it, it's, I don't know if I'm explaining it. No, I get what you're 100%. saying. Yeah, now, they're people they're are very probably, good at kind of in the, in the moment, in that moment or in their promo, whatever, they're good at getting people to boo them and go, oh, ooh, ooh, but they never, they do very little. She's a good, very she's a good troll. Me. Right. She's very good at you kind of going, ah, that's annoying. She's, but she, very, she's a good troll. But they don't translate it to anything. But, Once that promo's over, it's done and it's gone and it never comes up again. She's a good troll, but see, Cueto isn't trolling you. No. He's he's just a fucking he's a traditional and he's so heel. subtle about it too and that's why I love it too I love subtle heels a guy as I mentioned the thing I love about heels are guys that totally feel justified in everything they do he thinks he just he just he's doing what he does he's doing what he should be doing as the owner of this company or whatever doing it and it's really after this year nobody should ever do a heel authority figure ever again because he has set the bar and nobody can ever touch it I remember people you know I mean it's over it's were, dead and gone were, people were yeah. cringing that the company was going to do that. And now that they, this guy's so good that you don't mind. He he right. he brings an element to the show that I, I I don't know. I'm glad he's there. And 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 when we found out that they were going to have a heel authority figure, we all groaned. Now I'm glad he's there, and I can't imagine the show yeah. without him. Whereas with Stephanie McMahon, I wish the show didn't have her around. Right, so, and and it doesn't help that every time they come out, there's it, it, you know you're guaranteed a 25 minute promo to start off the Raw or whatever, and it's just it's it's so much. It's too much to handle. It's just too what much. Po- what, what, what does Stephanie McMahon bring to the show that's positive? That's what I mean. Yeah. I, 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 in I'd the love, moment, I'd love I someone mean, to answer that. I, I, in the moment, she can get the crowd riled up or whatever, but it, it, it doesn't translate anywhere. It doesn't do anything I, in the long run. I, don't know, I, so I get the sense it's the wrong kind of heat. That's yeah, I agree. People are going to be all over us for this. but I. Oh, I agree. I, no, but I'm there. Yeah. But listen, I don't know. That's just the way I see it. But we kind of jumped the gun because we were talking about best TV show. But yes, um, yeah. let's see. Why don't we just uh, – uh, I guess we can just do best non-wrestler now then. So okay, yeah, let's, that, let's that's there. a couple categories ahead, but then we'll then work back since we started talking about it. So, yeah, I didn't vote for Steph for this. I, that's why I, don't I didn't vote her for the promo, but I didn't want to do the rant until we got to this category, the best non-wrestler, um, because I, I, I went for people who, who got genuine heat. And, uh, you know, and I'm kicking myself because I didn't after all that, I didn't vote for Cueto because I forgot. About I know it. I didn't do it. I, but, I sent the email and then the, people were tweeting it out. And I went, oh, yeah. Duh. But the <laughs> thing was, again, it was only like four weeks worth of shows. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I went Lana number one. I, I put her number three. But, yeah, I absolutely. If she's not on your ballot, you, you, you really need it. I mean, awesome year. Just her, an incredible her facial year. expressions. Yeah. Um, genuine heat with that act. So she was my number one. Paul Heyman, number two. And, you know, I went a little – I had a little fun with number three. I threw Bruce Tharp in there. Uh, <laughs> you got the same top three as me. For his antics. Okay, but you just had them all in a different order. I had Paul Heyman, number one, Bruce Tharp, number two, and Lana, number three. But I, I, I think anyway, you, any, any combination of Paul Heyman and Lana, one and two, and, or one and two, three, or whatever, any of those three I think are fine. But Bruce Tharp, I, I mean, really, he deserves to. I mean, he is he has made that that segment that we used to kind of groan at, and it, oh, God, it's it's blank NWA guy versus, you know, blank generic New Japan guy or whatever. They, those are I, – I look forward to those, man, even if it's Rob Conway, he, even if it's Big Daddy Yum Yum. It doesn't he, matter. I go, yes. And like, Big Daddy Yum Yum versus Kojima, yes. He, like, he walked, why am I saying yes? He, the reason I'm saying yes is because of Bruce Tharp. Like, he walks the line without crossing it. 
because right. he's dangerously close to being over the top to where you want him to go away. Oh, yeah. He's goofy, but not enough. He's like, real close. He he walks that line, but he hasn't crossed it yet. But he does a good, like I mentioned, with the heel where he does a good job of he doesn't he doesn't think he's being goofy at all. He thinks he's being cool. That, and that's where it's fun. Exactly. Yeah, he doesn't he's not going out there going, <laughs> listen to this or whatever. He's going, you know, Bruce Tarptest or whatever. And he's like, yeah, Japan. And they're all it's like, a, it's, it's finally a heel who isn't he's not self-aware he's not self-aware yeah and that's the fun that's the fun in it is that it's kind of a throwback sort of deal you know and and it's it's and and you know the other thing it's i hate to go wade keller here but and and but it does bother me that stephanie is a make-believe heel and then she's you know uh corporate charity person on twitter right right that bugs me too i mean you on one on one hand, I think all right, we're making too big a deal of it. It's 2015. Who gives a flying fuck? But on the other hand, no, it does fucking bother me. It does bother me because she 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 straight up tells you that she's a that she plays a bad guy on TV. It says that right. in her Twitter profile. Yeah, what is there? Doesn't her Twitter doesn't it, it say like like bad girl by day or it, something? No, like, wait, used, Triple H. I don't know too. if it still says it, but it used to say I play a bad guy on TV. Or something to that effect. I think that was is that Triple H is here. Let me let me check it out real quick. And, what and, Stephanie and, says. And that's and you know I, I know that drives Wade Keller nuts and it doesn't drive me nuts to, as much as it drives him nuts. But it does. Bother. Oh yeah, here we go. So WWE Chief Brand Officer, proud mom of three beautiful daughters. I believe in the power of community and giving back to those in need. And I play a bad guy on TV. Yeah, I mean I don't know. <laughs> I now I understand. It, it's weird. I, I get she's it. She's a corporate person with a corporate Twitter account. I I get it, but. Do you have to shove it in our faces? Oh, Triple H does it too. He's a 13-time world champion, EVP talent, live events, and creative. Uh, whether in office or playing a bad guy on TV, I always do what's best for business. Yeah, I mean, I, do you have to shove it in people's faces? Can we at least have the magic, you know, a, a little bit? You know, I'm starting a quid away out there going, I, I play a bad guy on Lucha Underground. I don't even know what his real name is. He probably does, but. <laughs> it's, it's. I tell you what, though, he doesn't have a Twitter account where he tweets as himself and and mocks the fact that he's doing a character on a, on a TV show, though. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get into that whole philosophical thing because then oh, I got people are going to yeah. say, you know, well, what about tel- 2014 what about tele- Irish whips? God damn it. What about <laughs> television actors? Should they be- <laughs> what about Irish whips, Joe? Let's talk about Irish yeah, whips the more. Dumb Irish whip argument, which is just dumb. But they turn around on Irish whips, Joe. So thus, nothing has to be believable. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, if we, if you, if you can believe an Irish whip, you can believe any. That's the worst. Then anything else. Then that's a, the, a, an infant can main event WrestleMania and win the title because goddamn it, people turn Irish around whip. when they get whipped. That's basically yeah, what you're right. saying. Like you can't use yeah. the Irish whip as the magic wand to excuse believability, whatever. You can't do that. I hate that argument. It's the lowest level, uh, cheapest argument that you can make, and and I hate that. So you know, whatever. But um. I guess we should go backwards and go back to match of the year because we skipped over. Yep. Okay. So match of the year. Now, this is interesting. Do we want to reveal this? Because then, in essence, we're, I, we're revealing. Our yeah, top I ten. don't. I don't. I want to wait. This is a big part of our. I mean, we're going to do this on our site when we talk about it. I don't necessarily. Yeah, I. I, I would prefer to just kind of skip this one until we do our countdown because it's it's a very similar list. I mean, obviously, I had to take out a few or or you know one that I was going to do. It, you know, one in this top three is one that's not in the observer calendar, but it's in our calendar or whatever. Yeah. I, I would rather just abstain from it from now. And then we'll it's talk about it. When we do our I think people yeah. might be pissed. 
Okay. It's a big ticket. I mean, if, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm talking it out. Well, we do our own thing. No, we make it a bigger ticket, goddammit. It's a big ticket category, but the problem is uh, we're recording this on the 15th. The people who listen to this before the 18th, the ballots aren't all counted yet. I don't know if I want to influence. I don't know. Right, right. But really, will it influence? Because it's just our stupid picks. I mean, people don't have to necessarily agree with us. I definitely – we're not going to reveal where – our match of the year balloting stands. We're not going to tell people that information because that can affect. I hate nothing more than strategic voting in any. I'm not a person who believes Agreed. in strategic voting. I think strategic voting is bullshit in anything, whether it's you see sports writers do it for Hall of Fames, you see sports writers do it for like MVP awards, you see people do it in the Observer Hall of Fame. I hate strategic voting. Yeah, use the criteria. Use and vote. the criteria and vote with your fucking gut and let the chips fall. So right. that's why we don't reveal any of the match of the year results or anything or don't really tell anybody anything until all the voting is done. See, if I tell you X match is number one, I don't want you to go, well, I don't need to vote for it because it's already going to be number one. You know, right. Yeah, just, we don't want do people to thing. do that. We want people to just vote for their own shit. Or we don't want people to say, oh, God, wait, they mentioned that so-and-so isn't in the top ten. I, that match needs my help. Like, I hate that shit. Just fucking vote. Um, you know, people are going to vote strategically anyway. I'm not going to help them vote strategically. But Agreed. Yeah, right. I don't know if revealing our top three is necessarily going to do that because I think people pretty much know what our tastes are anyway. I don't know. What do you want to do? Do you want to save it? We. Uh, I want to save. I, I want to save it. I think it's a big ticket. We we've made it a bigger ticket. How about you save yours? I'll give mine. People, okay. People are fine. going to be mad. Okay. You we'll go halfway then. So I, I think that's the bad. <laughs> we'll, we'll we won't fully be pussies, but we'll, we'll we're not going to really stand up either. So I'll, we're just going to be in between. I'll give my top three. We okay. for the record. We've both submitted our top ten into the voice voices of wrestling. Exactly. Yep. I try to do it. I'm never the first one in, but I try to get it in before like half the votes are in because, again, I don't even want to be subliminally affected by seeing where things are. You know what I mean? I, right. I, I had mine before. So I, I, I refined because I was going to do a rewatch, but yeah, I, I had pretty much had mine before. I had mine in I think tenth or something. Like I, I wanted to get in way way early because yeah, I don't want. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't want I, I really don't want it because I'm looking at that stuff. And yeah, I, I I not that I think I would do it, but I wonder if there would subconsciously be, That's oh, man, I mean, I don't even want that dilemma. I don't want the subconscious correct. dilemma. I don't want anything to creep into my psyche where I'm going to vote for something because I for whatever. It, so we like to get them in early. We're both in or they're both counted already. Um, and uh, what was I going to say? Um, and it's so close for number one that I, I, I had mine kind of written down in a rough draft. And I said, all right, number one is way too close. I don't want my ballot to affect it in any way whatsoever, so I'm just going to fucking do the thing. And I did it the other day, so it's over with. But yep. number one, how close is it for number one? I mean, it's... Oh, it's... it's it's Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to go down to the wire. And we, we, I was surprised. I was shocked. I thought for sure this one match was, was pulling away. And it was. It absolutely... Yeah, I mean, it was almost... It was almost 100 points put this over way, this other match one. Match number one, well, as we'll refer to it, I even sent you a text at one point and said, wow, we can call this one. Right, it's over. This yeah, is like in like in November when you're watching the election results. Oh, the exit polls. Yeah, well, we're good. Yeah. They, they call <laughs> elections with 1% of the precincts reported. Like I was ready to call it. And then this match number two has just come out of nowhere. And then I was like, holy shit, it's right on its ass. If it gets one or two first plays. And now it's ahead of it. Match number two right. has overtaken it, which is sick. And three, four are not far away. Three, four are th- three, four and five now. Oh, is it? Okay. Oh, I didn't. Okay. Yeah, at it right yeah. now? I'm looking yeah, at it now. Yeah. Take, uh, yeah. Now look, it would take a miracle for four and five, but it's not impossible. If four, it, it, well, three even is going to be tough. Three will be tough, but if three, a few first place votes, three could get there. A few first place votes and three's in the mix. 
uh, nothing past five is going to has a chance to win it. Um, but as far as top 10, forget it. It's about 30 matches deep for matches that have a chance. Oh, yeah, yeah. Any, any, any next ballots that come in can completely change the top the 10. The fact that we have so many different matches that have gotten first place votes, there's about 30 matches where if they get a first place vote, which is feasible, because I think we've gotten about 19 different first place votes on 33 ballots. Think about that. 33 yeah. ballots are in as we record this, and there's 19 different first place vote matches that have gotten first place. That's sick. Um, there's about 30 matches where if they get a first place vote, they're getting bumped into the top 10. And, you know, that's just and that could easily happen. We're still getting matches that get fir- that are getting first place votes that haven't even been voted for otherwise. Right. <laughs> that's how many great matches there and how spread out this is. I mean, there's people and how diverse, yeah, how diverse the voting pool is as well. So, yeah, anyway, that's, the, you know, our little match of the year plug you guys have until the 18th. Uh, I think that's Sunday. Sunday. Yep. Um, just, you know, and there's, it's, you know, get it in by Sunday. If it's Monday morning, it's Monday we'll morning let you slide and we haven't it. started working on it yet, maybe we'll count it. But if you, but pretty much don't have it in by if it's 9 a.m. Central Time on Monday morning is about when I'm going to start doing work on it. So if it's not in by then, you're done. You're fucked. If you if you definitely want it counted, have it in by by Sunday at some point. Right. Um, and I'll be up late Sunday. I know we're going to get a bunch of them late on Sunday because you know that's what people do. They they vote last minute. They want to watch, and that's fine. They want to watch as much as they can. And I'm going to be doing it all Sunday night. But yeah, if you if if you want to send it in Monday, that's fine. But I, listen, we're not making any promises. Make it early. Make it make it make it six a.m. If you want to, we'll do send it. out by nine ten a.m. Once we start writing shit, that that's it. Yeah, we're not gonna go back and add your shit in. Um, but uh, anyway, my top three matches: number one, Ishi Naito from New Beginning. Um, you know, I was very conflicted. Uh, all three of these could have easily been number one for me, but that's what I went with. That's the only five star match I graded out all year. And I did something I never do, which is I went back and rewatched matches. I never do that. I always just trust my first instinct. I believe the first instinct is the one that matters. I believe in the moment is what matters. I believe in, in strongly in the stupid notes that I take. But I went back and watched that match just to reconfirm. Luckily, it confirmed what I thought about it the first time around. Uh, start to finish, that match was the most compelling match all year, start to finish. It never lost my attention. Uh, from start to finish, from Naito's 10 to 6 elbows to Ishii in the, in early on in the match, to Ishii grabbing Naito by the hair and backing him into the corner and saying, uh, I am the champion, and screaming at his face an inch from his face in English, which had me fired up and jumping off, off, off my couch uh, almost a year later on a rewatch. That, that was such a great moment. And then, uh, and then the work down the stretch, that's my number one. Uh, number two, Cesaro, Sami Zayn from uh, February from the first uh, NXT special. Um, I didn't like the Zayn the Zayn Neville match, which is also doing very well in the match of the year poll. I preferred the Cesaro Zayn match to the Zayn Neville. Yeah, well, well, that one's not even eligible on this particular on the Observer. Good so point. That, that, good point. Right. So that, that that very much changes my top three because yeah, not to reveal, but it's yeah. eligible for our poll, but not eligible for the Observer poll, which cuts off right. in November. And my number three was Nakamura Okada G1 final, which. I really thought had overtaken Ishii Naito. Um, and, you know, I, I I went back and rewatched everything, and everything landed in the same order I had originally, which reconfirms my belief, Rich, in that I shouldn't be rewatching matches because yeah, see, confirm you, you what I had all... anyway. I'm not a rewatch guy. You know, I trust my those first instincts, and they worked out for me again. So anyway, that's my top three. So Okay. I can, you want me to get mine? I don't care. It's up to you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll get mine real quick, because uh, I don't know if they vary a ton from you. As I mentioned, uh, one of the matches that I voted for in our poll is not eligible here, so my top three changes a little bit. I won't give you the exact order of where that was going to fit in, but um, my number one for the Observer Award was Okada Nakamura G1 Final. 
Uh, number two, I went uh, Okada and Naito from uh, Wrestle Kingdom was the one that I, I did not think I was going to vote for at all. And again, I, I am of the mindset. I go back and rewatch everything. This was one that I rewatched. And I watched again the second time and I went, man, this is a really I didn't even think of it. I, I did not even have this on my short list and rewatched it. And I said, God damn. And it wasn't one of the first ones I rewatched. It was one of the last ones. And I just said, you know, I can't not put this one on here. I really, really thought that was just a really awesome match. And it, it's it's doing better than I thought it would in the Observer, but it's not or in, in our match of the year. But but. I, one that I, I was not even on my short list at all. And then one that, that it was on my list from the beginning and, and stayed up there. And one that I really just really, really enjoyed. And I don't know if enough people have seen it. It's Ricochet and Johnny Gargano. It's from 4-4, uh, April 4th. And it was at the uh, Dragon Gate USA. That, that was Mercury Risinger, right? That or was open the Ultimate open Gate. The ultimate gate. Oh, oh, Ultimate Gate. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Open the Ultimate Gate. Just, uh, just in terms of, you know, we talk about stories and how important stories are and how investing within a story can really make you love a match. I mean, that was a match that was... We are rewarding you. Gabe Sapolsky and those two guys rewarded you for following Dragon Gate USA for years. Everything that you needed, the Johnny Gargano feud, him doing a heel turn, Ricochet trying to get a title shot, and then them working that match. It's just, just really, really awesome. The crowd heat in that arena, which, I mean, it was a, it was a dingy Dragon Gate USA arena, but it was, it was awesome. It was just, yeah, absolutely a top three match of the year for me. Saw, saw it. it live. It was tremendous, and it's, uh, it's in my top ten. So, um as is the hero Tanaka match from the same show. Yeah, that one, I, I upon rewatch, I didn't like it as much. Uh, I, I watched it again just to kind of get, because I, I loved it in the moment. And and in rewatch, it lost a little bit for me, but it, one that was definitely on my short list. I, I rewatched it. And probably be, if I did a top 20, it'd be in the top 20, but just missed my top 10. That Those two matches and that that, sh- that show, which, and you know, there was a, there was a who did Loki face on that show? He had a decent match. Uh, Trent, Trent. Trent. Wasn't it Trent? Yeah, he had Trent like Frida. a three and a half, three star match against Trent. That was really the high point for Gabe's promotions of the year, that show. Oh, um, the rest of the weekend was absolutely dreadful. That show delivered, um, at least with the stuff towards the top of the card. When you have two matches that are that good at the top of the card, supplemented by that low-key match, which was a pretty good match. Uh, that, that to me, was the high point. I, I'm not a big fan of that direction that Evolve is going in. I know a lot of people like it, and the shows are getting rave reviews. So I accept that I'm in the minority, but I'm, I'm yeah, not. It's not my thing. I, it's either. not my thing either. So I don't know. Um, Rookie of the Year, I believe is that. Yes, the what is always the hardest now category. You, did you skip it? I I <laughs> I sort of I, I voted for it. I, I don't know if I'm particularly happy with it because I'm not sure who's eligible again. I mean, Dave had a list of guys, and I and that, he, yeah, he worked it, off of the thread that we worked on on the Observer board. Yeah, usually, so I was wondering because I saw I thought there were a few different ones. Is that is that everybody that was in the thread? Well, okay, usually Dave Musgrave starts that thread. Uh, he had some issues this year, so I I took the reign. I took look. Someone has to start that thread every year, otherwise it's massive. Because nobody has any clue. Yeah. So right. I started the thread that because uh, then Rusev is getting votes and, and like. yeah. So I started the thread for this year. Uh, we looked at the data, and then what we did was we made a list of guys who were clear cut by any definition rookies, and there were plenty, especially out of CMLL. 